yeah that is the most violent death in the whole franchise it's like kind of cruel it's it's viciously cruel it's torture yeah i remember that one sticking with me and being kind of disturbed by it right i was shocked in the theater that's the moment that i felt like the movie was trying to make a turn to horror where you're like you thought you were safe now we're gonna screw with you and then i also and then i'm like i don't think the movie goes hard enough after that point like you've given me this terrible kill yeah keep it closer to that level that if i were to give a a note to jurassic world it'd be that uh it's it it made me think that like colin trevorrow had like an ex named zara you know what i mean (laughs) you might be right We are live with another episode of The Keeg Talks. Today, The Keeg is talking Jurassic World Dominion. I am your host, Mitra Pereira, and uh, I'm not going to do this alone. I got two awesome guests with me today. If you're watching the live stream, you can see exactly who our guests are. And if you're watching the live stream, that's uh, wherever you get your Keeg live streams from. Twitch.tv slash The Keeg Show, volume.com slash The Keeg Show, or YouTube.com slash The Keeg Show. We are triple streaming. Uh, cause, uh, uh, that, that, that sounds kind of cool, right? Like triple streaming. It's just like, sounds dynamic. Uh, we're streaming to three different platforms, but if you can't see us and you can't see our lovely faces, then you're listening to the podcast and that's wherever you get your podcast from Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Uh, we stream, we're a live stream, we're a podcast. Uh, but the next two hours, we're going to be talking about Jurassic World Dominion, whether you can see us or not. My guest for today, we got Matthew Mori. Uh, he's been my co-host uh, for the Obi-Wan Kenobi After Show, and he's here to talk about dinosaurs this time. Matthew, how's it going? Yeah, I'm excited to talk about dinosaurs. We are like space, like futuristic normally. Now we're going like way back in time, you know? Yeah. Dinosaurs. Were you a big dinosaur Let's fan go. when you were a kid? I mean, as big as any other kid is, you know? Like, oh, not, not bigger? Like the phases you go through, you know? like Yeah three four or five years old you're like dinosaurs that's all i want to think about all day so yeah i was into it then just like anybody else but right um yeah okay into it sure i i i don't know whether dino we'll talk about this but uh let me introduce my next guest we got we got nathan cook himself the favoring wind nathan raw rar are you a are you a dinosaur fan as, uh, I I love I grew up on dinosaurs. I appreciate dinosaurs very much. Um, I I think dinosaurs are probably among the best movie monsters movie monsters can be. Uh-huh. So, and uh, who who is not enamored by a giant dinosaur skeleton at a museum? That's about right. as about as cool as it gets. Right. Um. I was a big dinosaur fan when I was a kid, and I guess I still am. Every so often, I like be like because they're always discovering new dinosaurs like in real life and so i'm like there are names i don't recognize but i look them up and i'm like oh shit this is uh this is new stuff every so often i don't know if you guys do that sometimes they'll show up on like the the news feeds like you like it'll go trending on twitter like well, how this new thing was discovered in you know, Northern Mongolia or, you know, South Dakota. And you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. That looks awesome. Uh, and it'll be like, sometimes it'll be like cool names. Like, I didn't even know a dreadnoughtus 
was a thing. They were like, yeah. now that's the biggest animal ever. You know? That is a bitchin' name, man. That was uh, one of the long necks in, in this movie. Jurassic mm-hmm. World Dominion was like a dreadnoughtus. And it's like, ah, oh, cool. Because I think Star Wars has a dreadnought, right? It's yeah, a type true. of ship. Yeah. Um, originally, so that's where they got the name, I think. I'm sure it has yeah. a... Uh, uh, a latin root right there has to be it has to mean something in latin right and i think guitar it... size is dreadnought also they have a it's the biggest one. Oh, okay it it's a 20th century battleship type that's just large okay. guns large uh very fast moving and i think that a lot of things get nicknamed after that like size and impressiveness okay okay um Point is, is that like now, now they're naming dinosaurs after battleships and stuff, which is interesting. It used to be like just la- old Latin words, terrible lizard and and lizard king and all that stuff. And now it's like we're gonna name it after the the kids from Stranger Things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is a Dustinosaurus, you know? They they've run out of names. Um, but no, no, uh. You guys, did you guys, how old? Well, no, I don't want to date you guys. Uh, did you guys watch Jurassic Park as a kid? Yeah, a lot. Yes, I did. I find it interesting people who didn't do that and then they watch it as adults. Do you feel, you guys feel like it's the same feeling? Because we, okay, so on Stream Lounge, Matt and I watched Jurassic Park 1. And then Nathan and I watched Jurassic Park 3. Um, and then I watched Jurassic Park 2 um, uh, with Julianne's movies. She had never seen Jurassic Park. And then we watched Jurassic Park 2. So, like, all three times, it was really interesting watching it with uh, uh, you guys and then also her. Um, do you guys feel like it's the same sense of wonder? I think the first one still holds up. The, the first one's a pretty, like, objectively magnificent, like, sci-fi film, action film, soft horror. Yeah. Not even soft horror, but, like, you know, family-friendly horror. Yeah. And it's so balanced as an ensemble film. It's got such a clean and direct story. And then I think anyone can approach that movie and, like, get the right experience out of it. But for the other movies, it really reveals, like, okay, what did does somebody want to come to the franchise with are they disappointed in the dinosaur action or are they more disappointed by the characters are they concentrating on the visuals are they concentrating on the humor because it's not to say any of the other movies are like bad bad but they're they're not they don't have the perfect sense of balance that first one does so you're 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 there you you get to see what people's priorities are with with how they respond to each one i i never thought about it that way because because the first one is the perfect one. And even though, like, uh, I've said it before, like, Jurassic Park 2 is, like, my favorite uh, Lost World. Uh, and I'm not saying it's the best one, but it's my favorite. And you're kind of right, Nathan, that, like, each one is just a different kind of mix of ingredients. Like, just a different ratio. Yeah. The first one's the perfect recipe though yeah 
Matt, do you do you agree? Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. The first one is like, it's just a classic, right? And and I'll go back to your question. I do, um, I did kind of grow up with the first one. Um, I was old enough to remember the marketing and wanting to go see it in the movie theater. I was maybe oh, how old was I when it came out? I don't know, like six, five, or something like that. Yeah. And uh, my parents were like, nah, nah. They tried to, they just, like tried to persuade me not to see it. Like, oh, there's kids young enough to say they can always see it, and they get terrified. Whatever. I was like, I don't care. But I did not win that battle. Did not get to see it in theaters. But I do remember my parents bought it the day it came out on VHS. Okay. And I remember it came in like this really super glossy finish, like uh, the box, yeah, the VHS box, and like you get fingerprints all over it. I was so disappointed. I got my finger. Like this is just like a memory. I just yeah. I haven't thought about this in so long and um putting it in and loving it you know i loved every minute of it and i think yeah it holds up great the first one is a is a classic and um that's the only time i ever really felt that way about any of these movies um they kind of lost their well all of them even the ones i like mm-hmm. kind of lost their um their excitement or just that i just never had that feeling again after that okay i can understand it not being able to compete with the first one but like i mean let's be honest we all love to complain and people online love to complain and you'll get hot takes being like they should have ended after the first one just never should have made any sequels there's that hot take uh i've heard uh, a hot take uh uh on on tiktok just being like they're all cash grabs after the first one you know um Every movie's a cash grab. Right. Who cares? Right. Unless yeah. it's, I mean, what movie unless isn't a cash a, grab? Unless you're making a $2 million, like max budget, $2 million uh, passion project that like only gets shown at cans and you're right. not expecting any audience. Like that's the only thing that's not a cash grab. But then right. the people who buy it and distribute it somewhere else, it's a cash grab for them. But no, but like in, in its conception, no studio film is ever not a cash grab it's like, right that's the whole that's the whole point it's it's really the question is is it a is it is it junk food or did they try to cash grab you with like like a good meal with you know vitamins and the full calories and all that right well is it empty calories i just sorry uh uh nathan just disappeared but that's not your fault Oh, it's not your fault. It's uh, my fault. I was messing with things. Uh, sorry, give me one quick sec. There we go. All right. Um, you're yeah, I, I get I get what you mean. People always think like you, you have to choose flash or substance. But right. like the first Jurassic Park was both. Yeah, and that. That's the that's the thing that I think makes for a really great box office film. Like, uh, not all, but a lot of the Marvel movies, we all agree. Like, oh, there's there's things to look at. That's just a bunch of a bunch of noise and fun. But there's also things where it's like, oh, I could really dig my teeth into that character. And I think most box office films, that's the balance you want to find. You want to find the mix between you know Jaws attacking the ship and sitting in the sitting in the boat and listening to the the people have an interesting conversation and that's every box office film that rides that line perfectly that's that's where the real classics appear right i think it's super cynical when people say that movies 
have to either be, they're either good or they're profitable. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's this level of like, I don't, what, what, what are you looking for? Are you just purposely yeah. being a contrarian? I mean, and we've got contradictions to that this summer alone because Top Gun is good and like we have Top Gun Maverick coming out right now, good and profitable. I mean, I do think it's good. I gave it a nine. I would give it a nine out of ten. We didn't do an episode on it, but uh, but uh, it is really good. Is it? Would it even break my top one hundred movies of all time? No, but I mean, like a movie can be. But like I'm just saying, like yeah. you can show. Here's this obvious balance of like hey a movie everyone is agreeing is well made and entertaining and has substance and also everyone is going to see and it's making money and it's meant to make money it wasn't meant to be an indie film right as opposed to yeah everything everywhere all at once which you know yeah uh uh they didn't uh, expect it to make money yeah and it's making money relative to its budget right right uh and it's 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 commercially and critically successful um matt are you are you uh are you a believer in like things can either be good or profitable well i think they can be both i can i think they did matt cut out uh yeah i've got a frozen matt screen okay matt matt did freeze am i good now yeah you're good now what were you saying i said they can be both they could be neither i mean right there's no uh there's no reason to think it has to be one or the other it's false dichotomy that's silly um yeah, I'm not in, I'm not into that. <laughs> it could be good and profitable. I mean, certainly we've had movies in the past. Um, yeah. Last Jedi, I love that movie. I think it's good and it was very profitable. So, I mean, yeah, we got we get that stuff. So, right. I think yeah, it's that's a silly. Argument. I think it's weird when people think that oh, it made money. It's a sellout essentially. It's not pure. It's not art if it makes money. Again, a weird way of looking at the world. Yeah, and it doesn't, it's not something that really holds up under any kind of scrutiny, under any industry. It's like, okay, this, like, I guess the only, the, I think people like look at things like it's like junk food and fast food, where it's like, oh, this only can make money because it's low quality, it's fast made, it's whatever. You're like, okay, but like, what about your favorite music? Like, look at all of the top selling uh, albums ever how many of them would you pull out and go like, this only made money because it was easy to play on the radio? It's like, no, no, they're, a lot of them are incredibly good. The vast majority of top-selling albums are incredibly good. Right. That's why they sold so much. It things become profitable not just because they are initially appealing. Like I, I, I did a video recently, and I might talk about this more. Like things, things initially um, start making money because they're appealing. Like a big opening weekend or something like that. That's because people are interested in this idea so the idea alone is profitable but when things keep making money when we keep coming to the theater for a second viewing or a third viewing when you tell your grandparents and your aunts and uncles hey you guys got to go check out this movie so they go see it and they give it a good third weekend and make the movie legitimately profitable that wasn't because it was just you know blanketly appealing it's because there was a quality there that got people talking and revisiting it that's quality you feel like avatar falls in in that I think Avatar had a very particular type of quality that a lot of us forget because it's been so long since it was in theaters. Yeah. And that was the uniqueness of its theatrical experience. That 3D was flawless. The music was so good in that surround sound. That was a movie designed to get you back to the theater over and over again. And 
we were at the peak of the recession at that point. So it was this mm. ultimate escapism. And everyone forgets to contextualize that within the within the um, timeline of the recession. That's that fair. We were we were very de- like not depressed, but like people weren't doing great and had been about a year into not do or a year and a half into not doing great. And then that movie came out. <coughs> so yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that. Um, also, Gen Z forgets about that because Avatar did yeah. not affect Gen Z. Yeah, and nor, nor did the recession. A lot of them were like toddlers. Yeah, not toddlers, but they were they were little kids when yeah. the recession happened. They have no they have no concept of suddenly not being able to do all of the things that they were reg- that we were all regularly doing in two thousand five and two thousand six, and then suddenly two thousand eight and nine happened, and it all yeah. fell out for a little. While. And two thousand ten, no, two thousand eleven was Avatar. Two thousand nine, two thousand nine. So a year into the recession, the it was uh, it was two thousand nine. Avatar was 2009. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Um, oh, yeah, it was 2009. Oh, wow. Um, when it comes to Jurassic World, and after Jurassic Park 3 comes out, they take some time off, then they do Jurassic World, then they do Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and now we have Dominion. Um, let's talk about Dominion, and then we will break it all down. Um, the, well, uh, no, let, let's talk about right before let's talk about fallen kingdom. I know Matthew has some takes on fallen kingdom. I got some takes <laughs> Nathan. Uh, I know has to have some takes. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, what are you, what are your takes on fallen kingdom? Uh, whatever you just asked. Uh, what are your takes on fallen kingdom? Um, well, I didn't see Fallen Kingdom until the night before I went to go see Dominion because Oh, that's that's right. That's wild. I heard it was bad, you know. I probably that was probably for me. Great. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. I'm not in a hurry to go see it. Then we were gonna go see Dominion. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just watch Fallen Kingdom really quick. And I loved it, man. <laughs> Cause like it was um, you know, a lot of the the trailer like the stuff in the trailer was like the first 20 minutes of the movie yeah and like a lot of it was left out and i was like oh wow and then like i so uh we'll uh like dino heart whatever matt you you broke you uh you you broke up is there some something up with your internet connection or something or yeah i usually don't have issues but today you want to you want to restart it and then i'll just talk to talk to nathan is there a way to oh. fix it, you think? Yeah, I can just uh, come out and come back in. Okay. What's going on? All right. All right. Um, <laughs> the framing on the live stream will be weird right now, but we'll continue uh, with this. Um, Nathan, um, did you like Fallen Kingdom? I, I have, okay. So like, I don't like it, but I don't hate it. It's my my opinions on Fallen Kingdom are like, like okay, there's a lot of good here. I have a lot of each each time I want to like be critical of these movies, I go, oh, but it's really fun when it's fun. So like watching the the smaller uh not it's not the Velociraptor the the Indominus Raptor Indoraptor Indoraptor the Indoraptor hunting everybody in the in the mansion. Awesome, they're like climbing on the 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 roof and stuff like that. Amazing uh all of the stuff on the island at the beginning so much fun uh 
there's there's a lot to enjoy there and i i thought that again it was a movie with neat ideas like oh we're gonna talk about cloning this is really cool uh we're gonna try to talk about arms dealing with the dinosaurs this is really cool and i my my criticisms are much more like that i feel like the movie got like they they came up with all these really neat ideas and they're like okay cool first draft of it we're out the door because it's my criticisms are always things like the, the the dialogue being just a bit too on the nose everywhere or that like hey that scene you gave me three interactions where i could have just gotten one interaction and gotten all that information yeah um they're like internal logic falls apart a few too many times and i don't i don't have a problem with internal logic falling apart some but it falls apart a lot in different places i'm like okay just it didn't need to be this complicated, but my big, I don't, I think my big thing with that movie is just how, it's not campy dialogue, it's just that how on the nose the dialogue is, is where I get my most distracted, um, and that was a similar, like, similar thing into this more recent movie, but I, I don't think we give Fallen Kingdom enough credit for trying to take the genre back into or trying to like lean into the horror parts okay. of Jurassic Park because I think that was a good choice. I think it was a fun choice to say we're going to make Jurassic Park the hot, like the the stuck in the house horror movie. But you didn't think Jurassic World was horror enough? No, I think they're all different types of horror. I just thought it was yeah. a cool choice because like usually it would be like let's have horror moments and then get like the adventure film. I was like, okay, this is this is a neat choice and i will always commend a creative choice if but, they if they go 100 percent to it well i'm that's about as far as i commend it i i just committed saying well that was a neat choice i don't think and i don't think most of it was done well yeah um yeah i i also think it was not miscast but i feel like they got a lot of good actors and then had those actors acting in ways that like wasn't believable for said actors yeah like like the whole like the the and mostly by giving them weird dialogue like the paleo veterinarian i like that actress yeah i think she has a fun sense of humor a lot of her dialogue makes no sense it feels like they're trying to make her aggressively sound millennial yeah and then it like the things like i'm a paleo veterinarian i've never seen a dinosaur in person I'm like that doesn't make any sense there's no reason to say that like she's a like, theoretical she was like a theoretical paleo veterinarian you think that that's a degree that no college would be able to offer berkeley would. they had a part yeah berkeley unless would. they had a partnership with jurassic park though uh, Jurassic World. It, 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 like i mean there and this is not a dig to berkeley berkeley is a great institution i'm just saying that like there's a lot of institutions that allow you to create your own majors i'm sure they would uh, let you create your own theoretical major well if that's a silly institution that when the opportunity to practice it, like, it's like, you don't want to spend one semester on Jurassic World, really? You're not like, allowed to. I feel like they could have. I feel like they could have figured something. Anyway, it was a silly choice. It was a weird yeah. choice in the writing when it could have been just as easy for her to say, I haven't seen a dinosaur since college, which would have been. Or she could have said, I, I haven't seen a dinosaur since, since I interned at Jurassic World. Yeah, or like, I've only ever seen one dinosaur that, there was one Triceratops that we all studied with. That's the only yeah. thing I've ever seen. Right. Yeah. So, it's so, like something like that, but I've never seen one before. It's like I find that silly. Yeah. Um. um yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, my my problem with Following Kingdom is that is that whole in the house thing, and now that I'm okay. thinking more about it, you could have accomplished the same thing 
by having the the like just having it all set on the island i like the first part of the island part of fallen kingdom Mm -hmm. but i think you could have had literally all the bad guys that are doing the arms deals or whatever come to the island to then ship off the dinosaurs from the island i don't think you ever have to get into this underground bunker of whatever or they have a bunker on the island it doesn't matter but the point being is you could have kept it on the island and had better set pieces for that like second half of the movie. I just think or, that the movie could have been better. I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a, a compromise counter because yeah. I'm with you on kind of what the complaint is here, but I, I still like the big house. So what if okay, one of two two counters? Uh-huh. And I also understand that they wanted to get off of Isla Nublar and have it be like we can't go back to Jurassic Park. We've told all the Jurassic Park stories we want. Right. So what if they could have ended the movie if, with that though? Yeah, they could. They're in the movie with the volcano erupting. Okay. The volcano erupts so at the he, end. The dinosaurs die at the end. They ship off and make it end like Empire Strikes Back, where the the heroes don't win at the end of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Right. That could. The bad guys cool. get away. My other counter though would be have it be one of. Have the have the the mansion be on one of the other five deaths? Yeah. So you're. Oh yeah, you're we were talking about the five the, deaths. Yeah. Yeah, it's elsewhere in the in the archipelago. Yeah. Um, and it's a big estate. It's not just this one house. It's a house with like a, a lot of ground. So then you could have you know running from some uh dinosaur out in the garden outside. Yeah. You know you're you have to hide in the gardener's house from yeah. from something. Can you imagine like a rose garden maze? Yeah, that would be so cool. That have would be like the the I can't remember the inky the 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 big inky guy. Dilophosaurus. But have yeah, have those chase somebody through a, a maze. Like yeah, like a rosebush kind of maze. Um where the humans have to go through the maze but then the dinosaurs obviously just go through it. Uh Yeah, and that would that would have such like I was talking about like the haunted house genre like yeah. you'd be able to bring in more of things like the shining and or ghost movies by by really looking into the tropes of that place and how a dinosaur would be able to play out those tropes. Yeah. So, Matt, you doing good? Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we were just talking about Fallen Kingdom before we move into Dominion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I I think that like I, I'd be fine with Fallen Kingdom if they changed a couple of things, and that's that's um. That's how a lot of these movies are, though. Too, it's like it's like I'm so close to loving it. Please change this thing or that thing. Yeah. Uh, quick question before we talk about the the meaty chunks of the movie. Before Dominion, so just with the five movies, how would you rank them? What's your ranking of the five? Hmm. Want me to go first? I'll Either first. by best or by enjoyment. There might be a, there might be a difference uh best to worst but without without dominion right without um, dominion jurassic park jurassic world okay jurassic world fall or fallen kingdom interest uh jurassic park lost world jurassic park 3 okay okay i don't agree but okay <laughs> oh yeah did you get why i liked uh did that did that come through why i liked jurassic world falling no we, we lost, like, no uh, yeah why you 
I, I just basically compared it to Die Hard with dinosaurs. Right. That's really how I felt about it and thought that was a pretty cool take. Ugh. And they had to go to the house too because they had to get the little girl involved, right? So yeah, that's why they had to get there. I, I think I didn't like the way they pulled off the little girl part. Uh, I think it would have been fine if if I wrote rewrote the script like what we were talking about. Like I think I could have still worked that angle in. I think it could have been better. But we'll go over after we talk about Dominion on some of the questions that people have of like why are people disappointed in these franchises or where do they fail versus succeed and why do they do so, you know? But uh, Nathan, uh, were you going to say something? I was going to do my, my list. I think I would have my rank be the first movie, then Jurassic World, then I actually, this is going to be a hot take. I think for <laughs> quality, I would go Jurassic Park 3 first, while enjoyment, I would go Lost World first. Okay. Because I think Jurassic Park 3 is a cleaner movie. Having rewatched it, I think it's got a clean trajectory, clean arc. You know what you're following. Uh, Other than the ending, the ending cuts off suddenly. Yeah. But everything until then, it's not it's not as enjoyable as Lost World, but it's it sticks its trajectory. Right. Um, it's, it's so weird and, because uh, Lost World seems like they added on an ending. And then Jurassic Park 3 is like, they cut their ending. They shaved it off. Mm. Yeah. I feel like, I also feel like Lost World is two or three movies. Like, it's like, we have this one idea we want to go through. We have this other idea we want to do. And we don't really know which it is. So, and it's, it's not too many. It's too many characters. It's, you've got multiple characters doing these different things. It's like, I would prefer it so much more if it was this person's story, that person's, and that person's, as opposed to that, 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 and that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not that any of it's bad, bad. It's just it doesn't all, for me, mesh together. As well. Yeah. I mean, okay, so, like, best out of all of them, like, is Jurassic Park. My favorite out of all of them is Lost World. So those two will switch depending on whether the list is enjoyment or, or best. Uh, but then, and then I think third would be Jurassic World. Uh, I really did like Jurassic World a lot. And I thought it like added a lot to the franchise and set it up for success, which is weird when Fallen Kingdom comes out and it just kind of tears everything down. But then it's Jurassic Park 3, then it's Fallen Kingdom. I like Jurassic Park 3 better than Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. I I like Fallen Kingdom at the least for, for all those stuff yeah. on the end. I yeah. like Jurassic World, though. Yeah, a lot. I think that I understand why Jurassic World gets a lot of hate. I do. But for me, it's one of those cases of I feel like the movie is so fun and keeps its promises about like what it's what it sat you down in the in the chair to watch. You know, uh, it, it fills out its arc, all those things that I don't really feel like being critical of it. Not Not that I don't think the criticisms are valid. I'm just like, it gave me what I wanted. I went to I went to Disney World with dinosaurs. I watched all hell break loose. I watched the characters escape. It doesn't try to be deep. It doesn't, but it also doesn't get messy. I don't feel like there's too many things happening in the movie. Right. So I, I'm very, very pleased by that film. The only unnecessary plot is the parents' divorce. What is that? It, it like factors in like yeah. nothing. All it really does is it sets you up. Well, it's a it's a cheap screenwriting trick of trying to get you to feel sad for a character immediately when you meet them. So it's like, hey, these little kids who you don't know anything about, you might even find them annoying. 
their parents are getting a divorce. So like cut, so cut them some slack. Sympathize. Yeah. yeah. Cut them some slack and sympathize. They're having a hard time. Yeah. That's, that's fair. That's all it does. It, it, it's not really, it doesn't help you know those children any better. Right. But it makes you immediately be like, oh, those poor kids. Yeah. So that as things go bad, you go, no, not those poor kids. Uh, give me a second. Uh, and then we'll talk about Jurassic World Dominion. But I don't know if there's any more things that you guys want to talk about uh, right before we get to the actual movie. But. Hmm. I don't have that much else. <laughs> I didn't really hear what he said. It kind of paused. I think he's taking a small. Uh, break really quick and asking us if we had anything else we want to talk about before we got into the movie. Um, oh, okay. I don't know. What was your favorite part of uh, Fallen Kingdom, though? Oh, easy. The uh, raptor smelling the flammable gas and jumping through the window. <laughs> oh, that's... I forgot about... I completely <laughs> that forgot is about that moment. my favorite moment in any of the Jurassic Park movies, man. <laughs> oh, so I got Matthew, I mean, I have to admit, like a lot of my enjoyment of that movie is because it is pretty ridiculous, and it reminds me of a B movie. And um, that's a like, that's a solid way to enjoy. It. Like if you sit down to enjoy it with some friends, you've got like a cocktail, and you're like, "This is a B movie. We're gonna have fun." Yeah. What yeah, movie? I can see that. Fallen Kingdom. Oh, okay. The I sing the villains and everything. It's just great. I realized that like. What I don't want in my Jurassic Park movies is act like just action. When I mean action, I mean action like human fighting. Like, um, I feel like there's a difference between act the action genre, the adventure genre, and then the action adventure genre, right? And I don't really need the humans doing hand-to-hand fighting. And that's something that happens in Fallen Kingdom. And it's something that happens in Dominion. And I don't need that. It's, I, I, as somebody who likes studying how producers think, I really feel like it's this worry when some producers like oversee projects that they're like, well, we have to appeal to everybody. And some people are only going to want to watch, you know, Fast and Furious. Some people only want to watch, um, you know, the book, like something action that reminds me of John Wick or Bourne. So we've got to have that Bourne identity moment. It's like, no, you don't. You don't have to make a movie for a different audience. You're making a movie for this audience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, and, and my like big Transformers. Criticism. Transformers does yeah. it. Why do we want to see yeah. Mark Wahlberg fight someone? We literally have fighting alien robots doing their thing. It, What's the appeal of having Mark Wahlberg fight somebody? It's it's a lack of confidence in sci-fi adventure, I feel like. Because sci-fi adventure, there are probably a lot of producers who, for them, it's not their genre. And they don't really get how the last one made a, a billion dollars. And so they come in like, well, if we want to make sure the next one makes a billion dollars, we got to make sure we have the popular thing that's going on right now. Yeah. So, you know, the popular thing is this other thing. You're like, calm down. You are making the popular thing. If you do your thing right, everybody will show up for it. Right. Like Top Gun didn't at any point think that I'm sorry, I'm going to bring back Top Gun. Top Gun at no point thought that it had to be a different kind of movie. It just thought it had to be Top Gun. And then the audience said, yes, you did exactly what we wanted. Right. Right. Um, Jurassic World Dominion. 
it starts off five years after uh, Fallen Kingdom. And at the end of Fallen Kingdom, we find out that Maisie is a clone. So they've cloned one human. Weird to think that only one human in a world that buys velociraptors, there's only been one human cloned in the world. And which is weird, but okay. Um, yeah. The black market has dinosaurs. There are dinosaurs in the wild. And uh, Biosyn is the company that's working with the government that they have their reservation and uh, they're the quote unquote good guys. Right? Right. What happened there? Well, we uh, just fully lost Matthew. Yeah. We'll see. But uh, uh, that's kind of the way it's, uh, I mean, it was that a good, like, I don't know, Nathan, how'd you feel about that? I, I, I did not mind a lot of the premise of this movie. Like I thought that was, a, I was like, okay, somebody had to come up to clean up the idea. It makes sense that we're not going to give InGen another try that they, you know, they're not getting another chance at this stuff. Was, was InGen involved with Jurassic World or no? I think InGen had been bought and. Oh, by Masrani. Yeah. And it wasn't called InGen anymore, but he did say he purchased InGen. That's right. I, uh, I, I read the wiki on it. He purchased InGen like between Jurassic Park two and three lost yeah. world and, and it, three. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes like, it makes sense that also in this, in this franchise that has very much always been con- uh, common commenting on capitalism that yeah. we would get a competing company show up. So I liked that. Um, my big, I had one, I really liked that it was a time jump. I just didn't like how we saw the time jump take place i didn't like it being given to us as a now this i thought i was like you could you could just give us a montage you could just show us dinosaurs in the wall in, in real life and we'd understand how they show it they they did like a news report right they did a now this like you would see on your facebook feed oh yeah 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 that's and, right and i i also didn't think it was narrated like a now this would have been narrated so it was like, you're just calling it now. I, I don't know. It just didn't sit right with me. I was like, I was like, this is too, you're telling it to me too direct. Stop beating me on the head. I could just look at dinosaur visuals and, and pick up on what's been going on. Right. And then they, they like the clone is public knowledge. That this clone of this girl has disappeared. Who, like it was narrated kind of weird in the beginning. Yeah, it was, it was odd. That little um, bit. Would you yeah, have preferred, I, Nathan, that they got a TikToker? That they got no, a TikToker I, to do a TikTok on it? I would have just preferred, like, look, this again, when it comes to confidence in the audience, I think the audience, the audience, as much as producers believe that the entire audience is, is dumb, I think that people don't realize how much they understand film language. They understand, like, montage. And if the movie had started slowly on the ruins of Isla Nublar, right. and we saw um, just stuff charring, and we took the camera um, to like uh, a a fade to black, fade up on real world or like, you know, regular life. And we saw those same exact clips of dinosaurs in the wild, um, dinosaurs doing this. We don't even have to say five years later, just an amount of time. You know, we don't need to know the exacts. Um, We we see these things happen. We know, okay, dinosaurs are in the wild. 
we don't really, you know, people aren't able to handle it. And then suddenly the montage goes to those dinosaurs getting picked up. You know, some people trank the dinosaurs and, you know, some, we see that some are going to like shady locations where guys with creepy tattoos are carrying AK-47s and, but others are getting carried with, you know, lighter music off to a, a sunny place where they're being taken care of. We get, some are going to the black market, some are being taken by criminals, but some are going to a sanctuary. Simple, with a difference in music and a difference in how it's shot, the audience understands. And that's all I say. And then we show, somebody makes a comment at like Biosynth. We say here at Biosynth, we are happy to give as many of these dinosaurs a new home as possible. Yeah. Um, and then like we have a creepy pan to where maybe one person's camera set or uh, uh, computer says person of interest, clone. And like we just, that's all it is. Clone, yeah. person of interest, whereabouts unknown. Boom. Yeah. You've done it. We've set up the mystery. Anybody who had their eyes pointed at the screen understands. Also talk about a twist that no, that nobody was fooled by. The company named Biosyn is a bad company exactly it's, it's like, bad for bio stuff to bio right. sin who would have thought i'm sorry here's the nail yeah 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 uh so so we get this thing where like okay it's been five years and by the way it's been almost five years since the movie came out um 2018 yeah which is weird because i could have sworn i saw it yesterday but then again I, I don't know time is in a warp now it's no yeah. nothing it seems nothing like forever like ago but it also seems like it came out a couple the years other day ago. yeah um matt were you turned off by that beginning part you're muted you're on zoom you're muted yeah we got a little Sorry. Sorry about that. It's all right. Sorry, yeah, I'm having this issue, so I switched my phone. <laughs> Hopefully, that's better. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it didn't really bother me. I mean, it was whatever. It's whatever. Yeah, you I just get past it, it and then you honest, just move on. Yeah. To be honest with you, like, I didn't have very high expectations to see this movie, and you know, uh, when we're dumping a bunch of uh, you know just like <laughs> information like that, it's kind of whatever yeah it, it didn't really move the needle either way for me um, yeah i didn't think it was great i didn't hate it i just like okay here we go yeah this is where we were this is where we're going um cool we we get move we get on. three different scenes in the beginning to start off this movie we get one with claire and she's trying to liberate the 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 breeding mills for the triceratops or whatever right to like whatever ceratops um and then we see owen wrangling the uh uh parasaurolophus parasaurolophus i used to call it i've called it for like 25 years parasaurolophus and now Is i have to parasail uh kind of yeah it's not a parasail but yeah it's it's elvis they say in lost in the lost world i like, remember that one yeah. yeah uh uh the parasaurolophus uh he's doing his thing so that's a second scene and then Maisie is bicycling through town across the bridge and then there's the brontosaurus that scene i actually like that scene she whispers to one of the guys and what does she whisper like use a flare to like 
Uh, no, guide she them? tells him to. I think that it, her idea was the the horn to use the horn to sound like their uh their call. Oh, is that what happened? Because yeah, because you hear you hear the brontosaurus make very very low honking sound practically. Yeah, and then she whispers, and then suddenly the guy climbs on the truck, and you hear. Mm. And that's that's the part I think was right. He was basically communicate with them. Yeah, which was also kind of nice to see because I just imagine, especially maybe maybe it's in America, but I just imagine them being like, let's just run over these brontosaurus with a bulldozer and just like clean up their remains. You know? Yeah. Not that that, that was like that, yeah. not that that would work because the brontosaurus would just like crush you. But yeah. still, it feels like the American solution though is just yeah, kill I the like dinosaur that scene too. Yeah, I like that scene too. I in in again, I, I I like this movie more than I made it sound like I do. But all of my notes are like the reason that I have criticisms are like they felt very clear and obvious to me. I was like, that should have been the first scene after the the intro thing. It's like, hey, all of these animals are in the wild, and they go immediately to her because she feels like a very protagonisty character. Go right to her. These interactions, you're bonding with this intelligent kid and how they handle problems. Right, and then. She comes back home, sees Bryce Dallas Howard, who goes, did you go past the bridge? Like, immediate, like we don't see her leave the house. We just see her immediately at the house. And then, you know, you wait till Chris Pratt gets home, and then we see him lassoing. Right. Uh, I also think that, like, show, don't tell is probably a good thing, right? So in that scene, yeah. they showed it, and they didn't tell it, right? We didn't even hear right. what she said. And the fact that we're talking about that kind of allows a little bit more thought into the movie, right? Yeah. And it allows us to wonder what's in her mind, which gives her more depth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we get into this weird thing with, uh, with, I guess, Blue and Lil Blue are, are just... Beta. Beta are hanging around Beta. in their neighborhood. How are they in the same area? I think it was intentional. I think the idea is that like Owen ch- like helped Blue find a spot to net or to like hide. And the thing that, because that's also, it's been like Owen didn't know that Blue had a kid. Like, like they, like they're clearly, it's like we, they, they knew Blue was in the forest. And like we, we spoke, like you got the sense that they like, we chose this spot so that you know, Blue could stick around with us and hide in the same area. But they didn't know that whole time that Blue was pregnant or, had, you know, had laid an egg that had been raised in this thing. Yeah, laid one egg also, right? Right. We only we only have Beta. Yeah. Only the one. Because uh, Blue is the last Velociraptor. There are more than one T-Rex, but they're... they're... That got confusing, too. Yeah. Yeah, but we can. I can bring that up later. Just the way they described it later, but they're like, um, because they said that they put two apex predators in the same thing. I'm like they put one Giganotosaurus, but there are multiple T Rexes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Yeah. You're bringing up it's a lot weird of weird dialogue choice. Yeah. Okay. So that. So then we see this weird, like, almost like the beginning of Interstellar, where the world is breaking down. They're like with the locust and it's 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 genetically engineered locust that they're not even trying to hide the fact 
that they're genetically engineered prehistoric locusts. They could have just been regular locusts that were engineered, but to be not more look- aggressive. Yeah, but not looking like they're like fucking monsters, right? And it it is the most obvious. Like it, the biosynth people, are like they're not going to put it on us. I'm like any honestly, anyone should have been able to figure out. Like, mm, not a single biosynth thing has been hit by this. Sounds like an inside job. Like right. that's that's like organized crime 101 like hmm, seems like everybody's place has been broken into except for the ones that belong to you yeah <laughs> they're nasty by the way i don't know those locusts were yeah. nasty i i would have Pretty liked scary. i would have liked to see more non-dinosaur prehistoric creatures though i i like that we started to get a tease of like they're still dinosaurs, but they're non-scaly. I liked that, that we started to see... Those, like what? Like uh, Dimetrodon? Like, yeah, well, like the like the, the prehistoric chinchilla or whatever it was that we see. What was oh, the prehistoric yeah. chinchilla? What was the prehistoric chinchilla? You know, like when they're in the facility, there's the like, like little rabbit-shaped looking thing that hunts a mouse in a little, uh, in a little apparatus. That, oh, I thought that was a yeah. little velociraptor not a velociraptor but like a little raptor looking thing it was no it was its own thing it was its own thing that i think that was i think the size it was was the was its adult size what dinosaur eats them like because i think it's the same thing that when they're in dc at the end of the movie yeah um i think it's the same thing that little girl is petting yeah I can't find out what, I don't know if anyone can look that up, but anyway, uh, yeah, okay. Um, The thing about Dimetrodon that we see later is Dimetrodon isn't technically a dinosaur. Um, It became, yeah, I remember this from like when I was a kid, it became extinct 60 million years before the first dinosaurs evolved. Like it was... And it says it's more closely related to living mammals than it is to any extinct or living reptile. Um, mm. they, they went extinct a long, long time ago. Um, the reason I remember Dimetrodon is because when I was a kid, I was like, Demetriodon? <laughs> there that's, you go, man. That's, that's how I remember Dimetrodon. Um, but it would have been cool to see like trilobites. Um, just like horseshoe crab looking like prehistoric things. Uh, it would have been cool to see like like some prehistoric fish. Yeah. Give me a giant squid. Give me, you know, give me some nautilus. Give me a nautilus yeah. with something growing out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And let it get eaten, you know? Let's let's see what these guys are eating. Cause why are they eating only like modern mammals? Let's start yeah, like why why were they being fed deer? That doesn't feel like the correct food chain. Right. Right. Well, and you realize it's because it's a company and the company doesn't want to feed its actual product to the product. Well, but I'm sure which I, I mean, think the, they don't the T-Rex eats eats other herbivores. I yeah, assume. but I I feel like I feel like by even having that deer thing again for like that would have been a neat thing to explore. Like they've got they've got the the little sensors in the brains of all dinosaurs, yeah. dinosaurs commands. 
maybe that maybe there was like a plot line that that was the original intention that like the dinosaurs don't actually stray out of certain ranges because they'll get little instead of an electric fence they get a mental buzz yeah and that would also keep them from eating things they're not supposed to eat right i have a lot of questions about the dinosaurs in this movie yes did you guys do you guys have a favorite dinosaur in this movie oh yeah easily I, is, I, wanna, I want Matthew to say his, though, because I'm I'm really curious, like, because his B-movie uh, excitement from the last one, I want to know it. Yeah, I'm, well, to be honest with you, <laughs> I saw the Fallen Kingdom and Dominion, like, so close together. I'm trying to have <laughs> a hard time taking them, picking them apart. Um, yeah. I, I like seeing the Dilophosaurus again. That was my favorite as a kid, so yeah. seeing the dinosaur at the end, the Dilophosaurus going after Dawson More than one? Was, uh, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. So that was that was that was favorite. a good scene. That was a nice, which was one? a nice symmetry to the first movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the death of Dodgson. Yeah. yeah, down to the dropping of the Barbasol can. Mm-hmm. A little on the nose, but why yeah, does he also? He why does he have a Barbasol can? That I think that's meant to be the Barbasol can from the first movie, which is why it seems all kind of burnt and yeah. old. Like, which yeah. is like, how did he find that? How did he find yeah, that? How did he get, get that? that? <laughs> yeah, because that would have been Why? on Isla Isla Nublar, right? Would have been Isla Nublar, and it also would have been a pretty useless memento. It's like, what well, this is? This is a memento of the time your company failed to get that information. Yeah. Also, it was buried in the mud. Like, at, at what point can you? You'd have to find it by accident over the last twenty years. That's, he I guess. either had to go get it himself, or somebody or finds it and they're like, "What to go?" Yeah, tell somebody to go get it. Yeah, and then like, who knows the significance of that? Why would wouldn't somebody be like, "Why the fuck do you care about this Barbasol can? What the hell does it mean to you?" And be like, "What's up with this Barbasol can?" Uh, it's just really weird. It's really weird that he had it. Right, odd choices. And it was a sentimental. And, and it. it was sentimental to him too because he took it on yeah. his way out. He saved it. He they didn't need that moment for it to be a good, like him being killed by those dinosaurs. That's all we needed. We didn't also need the Barbasol. Wouldn't it have been funnier is if, as he's packing up, he packs up his toiletries, and in his that, toiletries then, is a just a Barbasol can. <laughs> yeah, when he gets attacked, his suitcase explodes open, yeah. and then just like a Barbasol can rolls out. And right. Like, ah, that's funny. I would have laughed. That would have been funnier. There was a weird thing where, like, the people Matt, Matthew, and I saw the movie together. There were people behind us that saw the Barbasol oh, can yeah. and said, Aww. I was like, <laughs> What? You're awing the Barbasol can? Like, I get what they're saying. It's a nostalgia thing. Like, it's a callback, but you don't, why are you awing? I don't know. It was weird. Like, they were a little weird, the- too. They were quiet the whole time, but except for like the last like 20 minutes of the movie, they started like just making all these noises. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think my favorite two dinosaurs in the movie, hands down, were the Pyroraptor, and I cannot pronounce this one yet, but yeah. was it Thys- Thesos? Uh, Therizinosaurus. Therizinosaurus is nightmare fuel, and I loved it. It's and weird, because it's an herbivore. Right? Yeah, that one's like in, cool. In I, reality, it's an herbivore? It's, in reality, it's an herbivore, and in the movie, it's an herbivore, but... I you assume because it's an herbivore that it does that it's going to be passive like a brontosaurus or a triceratops would be 
but it's it seems it's because it's territorial. Yeah, that's why that's why deer, it, like, away, right? it didn't eat the deer. It smacked the deer away. Ah, uh, yeah. and that's why it does it and the T-Rex don't fight after it helps kill the Giganotosaurus. Right. Also, it's the tallest. It's taller than the T-Rex. It has a like yeah. this ostrich kind of neck. Um, yeah. I'm looking at the picture from him. It's a really cool design, actually. It's, it's scary. Terrifying. But you can see it has a yeah. beak and it has claws, but it's not a it's not a um it's not a it's not a carnivore. Therizinosaurus, yeah. yeah. They found it in Mongolia in real life, I think. I yeah, uh, if there's a pop figure of that, I will be trying to get it. <laughs> they do go. pop figures of the dinosaurs. Oh yeah, um, there there are pop figures right now for you can get the T Rex, you can get the you can get T Rex, Velociraptors, um, Atrociraptors, and a couple other things I think. Nice. But I I want the oh, I see it. Uh, they do have a Therizinosaurus uh, pop. What? Yeah. <gasps> oh, eh, I don't like that green face. That yeah, much. I don't like that green face either. Yeah, I kind of want it still anyway. Um, um, well, you you brought up the Atrociraptors. Let's let's bring up the Atrociraptors and and the whole like Act Two because there's a couple of characters that don't really get introduced until Act Three, or well, depending on where you split the acts. This was like a four act movie, right? If not yeah. five acts, but Dewanda Wise doesn't. We we don't even see her character like do anything up until they leave. Monaco or no Malta Malta they leave Malta, Malta. then she's a character because we don't really she doesn't do anything until she leaves you're right yeah yeah I think I would I would say I think I think we're meant to think of that action scene in Malta as the end of act one um and act one's just a very long it's very choppy and long act yeah uh, but yeah, I really liked her character. I thought that she was a standout of the movie. Her yeah. and um, I can't remember the name of the uh, the character, but uh, the assistant who portrays Ramsey Dodson. I loved that character. I yeah. wanted so much more of him. I actually thought he was the most believable performance in the whole movie. And I was like, this guy's sympathetic. Yeah. He's he's interesting. I the, want more. There's a scene with him that I want to talk about, but I want to talk about it later, so just we'll make yeah, sure okay. to, to bring it up. Okay. I, the one we were talking about yeah. in the car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew and I were talking about it. But, like, uh, let, let's talk about Malta as a concept. So, what we what we deal with is Beta gets kidnapped, uh, raptor-napped, kid-wrapped, rapt-napped, um, and then so does Maisie. Love it. Maisie gets taken yeah. by some woman, some woman. We don't see that woman appear ever again. It's the woman on the bridge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, th- yeah, that was weird. We had the woman on the bridge who is just a handler. She seemed and, important and you never see her past the bridge. Right. And she's working with poachers and then the poachers then wor- and her working hand- for Biosyn, right? Yeah, well, no. Technically, they were working for this other criminal underworld. Santos. Woman. Santos is her name. Yeah, who, who does 
business with Biosynth, but isn't Biosynth. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you're saying Biosynth, but it's Biosynth. I'm saying Synth. Yeah. yeah. Biosynth. Biosynth. I'm, I'm giving it too much credit of having less or more nuance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, you're right. They're working for Santos. They say Santos, but whatever, Santos. Uh, and then Santos is working for Biosyn, which is Dodgson. Because Dodgson seems to be the only evil person at Biosyn. Yeah, he's 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 the Elon Musk at the top of this um, otherwise forward-thinking company. Right. Everybody else seems to be like in it to like yeah, like we we were hired on, and we believe in the message of the company. Yeah, yeah. He seems like he doesn't. Yeah, even I mean, some it. of them seem like some of them seem like they're willing participants into uh, some. Yeah, you know, some stuff that's not probably not ethical, but right. The ones out of all of them that seem like actually like evil, bad person. Yeah, it's just him. We're, are, we're yeah. me, are we the, meant it, to think that Ramsey is a bad guy as well because he's assistant to Dodgson? Because I never believed he was a bad guy. No, I don't think we are. I, I actually think that that speech from Jeff Goldblum when he is fired is meant to absolve the rest of the company for the audience that we're meant to think, hey, this Jock Dodson, maybe a couple other characters we're not seeing, manipulate everybody else into being willing to like turn a blind eye to things. And that way, after that speech, people are like, nobody sticks around to help him. They're like, we are all running. Right, right. Um. So, so with Malt, it's this, uh, again, I'm not a big fan of, like, I like the action sequences. I like the motorcycle chase, but I don't need to see Chris Pratt hand-to-hand fighting people in the bazaar. Well, him or when Bryce Dallas Howard fights the, um, the other woman in that, uh, yeah. kitchen. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's fighting house, Santos yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't, neither of those moments worked for me. The concept of the bizarre, that was great. Yeah. The chase on the motorcycles, I feel like you only needed that too. I feel like, I feel like all of the hand to hand stuff, it's like it, it reeks of like Chris Pratt's contract said he had to punch somebody. Because <laughs> uh, Fallen Kingdom does it when uh, he's in the mansion and Chris Pratt takes out five guys in a steady sprint as he's going towards the switch to like turn the switch off to make sure that the Indoraptor cage doesn't leave. Like it's the same thing. It's, it's Chris Pratt yeah. being like, yeah, we got to work in a, a scene where I take down five guys. Yeah. It's well, if you want to <laughs> take down five guys, Pratt, there is a five guys on the corner. We will order you a double cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's a five guys on Biosyn. Uh, right. uh crowns yeah what what exactly. what restaurants and stuff would they have those people <laughs> don't seem like they leave that often there has to be chipotle. restaurants right there there is that place is filled with millennials there is a chipotle no doubt. <laughs> uh yeah it, yeah yeah uh, i mean just to add to the malta um kind of want to maybe talk about it a little different perspective and that yeah. you know my overall thing with with these movies is we've seen we've seen the like the shock and the awe oh there's dinosaurs alive we've seen that we've seen things gone wrong where they escape and they get out right and this is the sixth movie so i mean how many times can we just go to an island and be dinosaurs oh they get out we're getting eaten before we just be like we need something some other reason to keep 
visiting these dinosaurs in, in the theaters, right? Yeah. So uh, to be I fair, though, kind of, what you're saying is only two movies, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. All the other Jurassic movies. Park, Jurassic Park 3 is still going to an island for some reason. And no, I know. Dinosaurs escaping. It's not really they don't necessarily escape in a, Jurassic Park 3. They're, well, they're, no, they're, they're wild they're dinosaurs. Out in the wild, yeah. Yeah. I, what I'm saying is we kind of, I feel like there needs to be something else to justify these movies, to have them, to, to have them ha- have anything interesting to differentiate them from each other. Right. And adding in a, like an espionage type, I mean, I know it's not technically espionage, but it right. kind of has that feel of a Mission Impossible, Jason Bourne type of thing. Yeah. Going through the motorcycle chase um, gives it, makes it stand out from the others. Yeah. As opposed to just being the circumstance where these people are exposed and getting eaten. Uh, I don't know. I, so, I mean, I, so, I, mean, I understand part. you. I understand saying that it, it may have not worked for, you know, some aspect. Um, but the hand-to-hand combat and having that kind of human conflict, I think, kind of just brings a new thing to the, to the movies. I don't know. It doesn't make Transformers better. I have to compare it to Transformers. The human-to-human. Uh, what's that? Well, trans- Transformers aren't. I don't, I don't know what that has to do with Transformers, Park, though, why do we need Mark Wahlberg fighting a guy on a rooftop for 15 minutes in Transformers 4? I, 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 will, I will add this, because I think I like the sequence except for um, how much of it was hand-to-hand combat. Not because I thought it was yeah. bad, but just because I didn't... I don't believe that those characters are in that situation every time they try to make owen the coolest person ever i'm like this is trying very hard but <laughs> yeah, i yeah, yeah. but i like the situation a lot i think it should have been hey you know we're the, the exact same setup you know we're trying to locate this person help us you know go into the bazaar see if we can locate this person we're making contact they make contact deal in the back so we, we see all the the shady shit going down with the the dinosaurs in the real world which is what i thought was the most interesting part of the movie by the way i wish which, I yeah. which part? Movie. I agree. The 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 black market uh, okay. dinosaurs. I wish the whole movie had been different types of um, different things that have popped up around the world because of dinosaurs being there. Yeah. Like if what, this, what, then what? Right? Yeah, dinosaurs in the national parks, dinosaur poaching, dinosaur, mm-hmm. um, dinosaur, uh, t- tiger king. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yes. Things like that yes. would have been awesome. But so I love that situation. I thought it should have been the moment i i think that scene should have the moment they like did the thing she lasered several people including owen mm-hmm. everybody immediately starts running you don't waste your time with the punchies just go right into the chase right and then we can still have the like bryce dallas howard chases that girl woman down and she's like oh you're uh, uh chases why i keep well santos? the rest uh santos. santos yeah but the atrociraptor the atrociraptor chases Wait, who chases who first? The raptor chases Claire? The raptors are chasing some other people. Yeah. And then Claire uh, finds the woman, and then she lasers her, and then Claire runs. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the woman should have lasered Claire before we had the random fight in the kitchen. I right. think it could have just been, you found me? Yeah, yeah, you don't have to, you don't, yeah, they don't have to play it up too much. They should just be like, I, I, you know, looks like she's cornered, and she's like, yeah, yeah. And that would have been dramatic enough. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much my only problem there. I, I I had one other note about the 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 that whole scene. Actually, not that whole scene. That that 
basically the whole subplot of smuggling the uh the velociraptor and the and daisy Maisie or Maisie. Daisy? Maisie. and Maisie, smuggling yeah. Maisie, where i was like okay you have the poacher guy you have the the woman on the bridge you have uh santos and you then have the head of security at uh biosyn uh-huh. are all these like second in command bad guys they all should have been the same character you should have had the mysterious blonde woman on the bridge showed up to with maybe with the poachers that helped her locate yeah the owen and then she gets uh, Maisie, and we fly like she's flown you know part way by this character who had only knew that there was a velociraptor on board it's like wait a minute where were you smuggling that girl it's like she was in the other cage like what there was a child in a cage and you know then she when she sees Bryce Dallas Howard's like I didn't know that I smuggled that girl out of the country that did sit right with me and then um instead of having the blonde woman get uh or I keep calling her that because I can't remember Santos I keep calling her DeSantis like Florida and so oh. stop myself <laughs> from saying DeSantis so, yeah so Santos so anyway Santos have Santos end up also being the head of security back at Biosyn. So yeah. then later she she gets a great kill at the end of the movie. Right. You know? Uh I just I just realized that like we have in the whole Jurassic Park franchise, the amount of women, female deaths is close to none. Except yeah. for the most violent death in the whole franchise. Yes. Yes. In Jurassic World with Zara. Gosh. Who is played who is played by um I forget her name, but she plays Lena Luther on Supergirl. It's the same actor. Horrific death. She's it also is... on that TV show with uh, Paul Rudd. She plays his wife. What? Oh, uh, the one where he plays multiples of himself, fighting with yourself or whatever it's called. I forget what it's called. Yeah, that, she's in that show too. Oh, okay. Um, <sighs> yeah, that is the most violent death in the whole franchise. It's like kind of cruel and it's to give it's it to like a cruel it's torsing character yeah yeah i remember that was sticking with me and being kind of disturbed by it right i was shocked in the theater that's the moment that i felt like the movie was trying to make a turn to horror where you're like you thought you were safe now we're gonna screw with you and then i also and then i'm like i don't think the movie goes hard enough after that point I'm like you've given me this terrible kill yeah keep it closer to that level that if i were to give a, a note to jurassic world it'd be that uh, it's it, it made me think that like Colin Trevorrow had like an ex named Zara. You know what I mean? <laughs> you might be right. Yeah, like that's what it seems that's like because it was overly cruel and like didn't yeah, fit. It's... It didn't fit the movie. It was cool yeah, it... in a horror aspect because it freaked me out. Like the Mosasaurus freaks me out. By the way. Yeah, if and for me to find it cool in a horror aspect, I don't want it to be isolated because it by by being isolated, it's weird. But if the rest of the movie had been like that's the turn into horror from that point on, strap right. in, I'd be like, awesome. Like Jimmy Buffett, terrible. Jimmy Buffett gets like taken away by by pterodactyl, <laughs> right? Like you you know that was Jimmy Buffett, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. with the margaritas at Margaritaville. Yeah, uh, which is kind of a cool cameo to have. People were talking about that guy forever. Um, if he got taken away by uh, some pterodactyls, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, he's, he's not adding anything more to the world, man. We already got the song. It's good. I mean, in the in the Jurassic Park universe, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Very. I don't mean, I don't want, I don't wish anything. You want a pterodactyl to take him away in real life? I want a pterodactyl to take plenty of people away. Give me the pterodactyl. Yeah. That's the news story. (laughs) That's the tragic news story I do want. Give me the dinosaur attack. It's like, okay. Well, here's the thing. We we show that. (laughs) Is it Vegas that the pterodactyls are in? Where are they in? At the end of of Fallen Kingdom? The Fallen Kingdom, they're in Vegas. But at the end, uh, or the beginning of Dominion's. They're somewhere. They're creating like the a space nest. needle. Is that the space? It looked like the space. Okay. That's what it looked like. It could be. It could be wrong, but it's something like that. It's something with like a. It's. It looks I thought like it was whatever New it is. York. Yeah, that was in New York. Yeah, I thought it, it was, was a like New York thing. They were fly, they're, they're flyers, right? So I feel like they got cross country in five years. You know, um, but it was. It's more like all the people in New York could just be like snatched away randomly. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought. Like, how are they eating? What are those pterodactyls eating? They're eating people. They have to be. In a, in New York City? What, they're going to take the uh, falafel cart? Did they actually carry people away and eat them? Or Because with Zara, they like were dropping her, right? Well, they couldn't they like, were hold her up. I think that's because they were in a in they they were in a frenzy. But I think we're meant to believe that they bring them to a location and then in Jurassic Park three. Some of them are okay. in Jurassic Park three. They take the kid and he drops him in the nest where the babies yeah. are oh, trying okay. to eat him. Remember? No, I do not remember. Uh, Nathan, you remember because <laughs> you watched it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's I think it's a I think it's a kill and peck to death and rip the parts piece. They would rip them apart. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that being said, like the first the first female kill in Jurassic Park franchise is Jurassic World. It, it's Zara. Yeah, it was that one. Because there's no other female. Because also they make a point to state that like this whole like toxic this toxic stuff that happens in Jurassic World is a boys club type toxicity. Right, because uh, in in number one, mm-hmm. we, we deal with Sat, uh, we deal with Ellie, and we deal with Lexi, and they both uh, uh, they both um, are kind of like women in a boys' club kind of situation, and so you know, it's it's interesting. Julianne Moore and Kelly are the only two females in Jurassic Park in Lost World, and they don't die. Right. And little like, girl gets attacked at the beginning again. It's a it's a boys but club. not a it's a boys character. club of hunters. And she's not and she's not killed. She's uh yeah, she's not killed. Who? The little girl in the, the little... beginning of Jurassic. Uh, oh, World. the little girl in the beginning of Jurassic World. Yes, or uh, Jurassic uh, Lost World is not killed. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, she's attacked but not killed. Um, and then in uh, Jurassic Park three, Taylor Leone um doesn't die. She's the only girl. And then in Jurassic World. We're introduced to Claire, who's again one of the only women in a boys' club, and then Zara's the assistant. So, like, there's kind of an ongoing thing. But Zara's the first one. We deal with one female death in Fallen Kingdom, which is one of the rich ladies in the elevator, who you're meant to feel like, yeah, she deserves it because they're and off screen too. She's, yeah, she did not get an on screen. Zara is the only female death on screen. The deaths in this movie, very few of them were on screen did anybody else notice that like we I see sh- a couple yeah you see the guy on the scooter get grabbed oh yeah uh, um that's the one from the trailer too which is and weird that they had I, that in the trailer by the way it's violent for a trailer 
And he had no idea either. So how yeah, do you get eaten by know? a dinosaur? That's the best way to go. Yeah. Does anyone die in who who all actually dies at the Biosim facility? Not very many people. Dodge, yeah, Dodgson died. Technically, Dodgson dies off screen. He gets attacked on screen, yeah. but the death stuff is off screen. Um, no one gets eaten by the Giganotosaurus because they don't want to kill any of that primary cast. They just I feel like that's a I feel like that's a they they ran the numbers and they're like we can't we don't think of any of them as expendable. We'd rather just get out of the movie with everybody safe. Yeah. Um yeah, nobody nobody dies except the big, Dodson. The big kill of the movie is the Giganotosaurus. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. Which is also uh, weird. That that's kind of it it kind of reminds or uh hits home the shift of this movie into an action adventure type movie where every character human character is superhuman enough to not be eaten yeah because the dinosaurs keep doing this thing they keep the dinosaurs pop up and then there's a chase and then the dinosaurs foot slips or they pause they look around they roar and then they go again, which gives that person extra time. It's like weird plot. Yeah, like, every everyone had plot armor in this. Um, the biggest moment of plot armor was um, the they, and they didn't have to have this be how the the showdown went down. But the pyra, the pyroraptor versus Owen. Yeah. Um, the moment they decided to have that play out like that, he should have died. Like that, he should have died once there he was, once he went into the ice. Yeah, once he went into the water, it should have been game over. Like that's getting out of getting out of broken ice is one of the hardest things you can do. Yeah. Um, so the idea that she even saves him as quickly as she, it doesn't make any sense. Um, well, cause the rescuer has to be sense. on their stomach. Yeah. Every step of getting out of ice, just in case anyone ever falls in ice, you gotta, so you gotta displace your weight across the ice. So the rescuer needs to get on their stomach. And then when you pull the person up, they have to be pulled on their stomach to displace. The, that's with anything yeah. pulling somebody up you got to be on your stomach because otherwise they're going to pull you down too not you all gotta of be yeah. on your stomach. really yeah. like if somebody's well, hanging off, off a building yeah and you like lean over yeah they'll, they'll pull you over yeah and but ice in particular it'll it'll, it'll break underneath you if you're not yeah. lying down yep. yeah um but also <laughs> he would have lost the opening of the ice within seconds within seconds mm-hmm. of being under the water he would have not been under the same location anymore um just the first time you move, you've lost the you've lost the opening of the ice. And then the other thing is, the moment they get out of that ice, there ain't no way he can run yet because that was freezing water. Yeah. And also, just the the pyroraptor was fast. He just circled him, and he didn't go in for the kill. Yeah, there's a lot of goofy little moments like that where you're like, okay, I have to accept that this is a movie about the character's not really being in any real danger. Right. And just mm-hmm. showing us cool dinosaurs. If anyone should have died, though, it should have been Owen. Like, Owen would have been the most logical death in this movie. And he keeps putting himself into situations where he should have died. Right. Like, it make it makes sense that e- each time that Claire survived, it made sense that she survived. She survived. You're smart. Somebody saved her on the car, and then, you know, right. they, they're, they're ahead of the raptor just enough. It, that made total sense. Um, when she survives the, uh, the, the, what's the bird one? We just said its name. 
The, the, this is, this oh, uh, Thera It made sense that she survived. She she had to hide out and make a smart choice. I'm like, I believed that survival moment. But Owen keeps putting himself in really stupid situations that don't make any sense that he lived that. Like when he's when he's racing the two uh, Raptors on his motorcycle, I'm like, they should have got him so many different times. Right. He, he is on a bike. Those are easy to knock over. He just should have been bounced once. That being said, credit to them because he's on a bike and he's been shown to be on a bike multiple times in the franchise. Like, he's right. really good on a bike, right? So it's not like they pulled that out of their ass. Right. No, absolutely. And, like, you can I, I you can believe, like, oh, maybe he knew some tricks to move out of the way. But they really just show him on the bike. Yeah. He could have been, he could have been knocked over pretty quick. Right. Um... I think there was a moment that was pretty egregious to me of like that you should. Oh, I remember what it was. Towards the very beginning of the movie, they they absolutely communicate. Don't believe that Owen is going to do human things. He's a superhuman the entire film, and that's when he successfully lassos and stops the um, uh, Paris Rollins. Yeah, because that thing's huge. In Lost World, it took multiple guys to get something like that. Still, yeah, and it still didn't work. Um. But those guys so weren't he, horse wranglers. Right, exactly. I don't know whether I meent that as a joke or not. Because I I Owen's not a horse wrangler. He's he's a raptor training Navy person. Yeah. Uh, but the moment he the moment he could successfully stop that dinosaur and it didn't throw him in the air, because he's dragging as if he weighs like 250 pounds. Uh they do that in Lost World, right? Yeah, they throw him in the air in Lost World. Yeah. Yeah. But those guys he were not well-trained. I think that was also a purpose of Lost World. They were learning about the dinosaurs while they were hunting the dinosaurs. Like, Well, is part of learning how to handle dinosaurs learning how to add uh, 80 pounds to your body weight suddenly <laughs> so that you, you drag back? <laughs> I mean, I would assume they would have been trained in their stuff, but I feel like they were horribly trained in the, in the Lost World. You know, well, Lost yeah. World. They, yeah, they were just like hunters, right? They weren't really. Uh, they were. They probably. It, it seemed like ex-military. Um, yeah. Like special ops or special forces kind of thing. Or, or game they had that one side. I thought they guy. were game hunters. Um. Usually, those uh, a group like that is going to have a lot of ex-military. Mm. So they're like like the guy from Fargo who gets killed by the compies. You get yeah. the strong sense that he's ex-military. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Because um, that's also a lot of what a lot of the franchise I think comments on is like the well, especially Jurassic World comments on the military industrial complex stuff and the yeah. arms dealing. Yeah. But I think a taste of that is in Lost World. Um once we get to the reservation, I like I I I like I do like the movie. I mean, um I like the reservation. It it made sense uh to me. Um that being I said, agree. you you can clearly tell that the whole movie is about not it's 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 more childish, family friendly action movie, like the whole kind of movie. Yeah, it's it's a movie that's very much about like bring your kids to get scared. Like this is like family friendly, terrifying. But nobody's like getting teared apart. Right. It's it's here to freak out your little kid, but it's not going to be inappropriate. Like a, effectively scary without pushing the envelope. I mean, weird that this one's the one that does it. Because in even in Fallen Kingdom, 
the one guy he tries to pull the Indoraptor's teeth gets lifted by his arm and gets his like arm ripped off. off. Though nothing bleeds, though. I, I noticed that. Nothing bleeds. Do you think do you think they got a note about that? Do you think they got somebody from a pie said, Oh, we don't like how scary and violent the last one was? Make this one scary. I mean, but they've not all violent. been violent though. I know it's I know it would you it feels that's why I say it seems like a producerial note. Like just for the sixth movie? Just make the well, sixth maybe, one. Maybe like, oh, you know, this isn't testing well enough. We need we need this to test better with you know church groups in Oklahoma. Church groups that believe that humans and dinosaurs live together. Yeah, we can't watch these people die. That that's also the vibe that I always get. Like, there's like some conservative testing group. Like, we need to sh- we need to tell middle American families that if they are a well trained outdoorsy conservative couple, uh, doing their best to protect their kid, that they too could survive a dinosaur attack because that's what God intended. Right. <laughs> it's like this is going to test well. Um. <laughs> on the on the on the on the poster like what does it say 65 million years in the in the, in making. the, in the making and then they they cross it out and they go 6500 yeah years <laughs> in the making for, for all of the rust belt releases oh 60 yeah 6500 years ago yeah from the book of exodus genesis Gen- it would be genesis yeah yeah from the book of genesis yeah I, uh <laughs> Um, so, so we get to this reservation. We haven't even touched on Ellie Sattler and, and Alan Grant, but their, their side quests is just to get them to the reservation and then shit goes down, right? To get them to the reservation and to show that Biosyn is bad, that we should not By the way, like I've been, I've people. been saying reservation. I meant preservation. Sorry. Anyway. It's the same. Is well, it? no, it's not the same. You're nope. Nope. Not the same at all. No, not the same. Not the same at all. Uh, took a moment where I was like, I was like safe uh, place yeah away from the government that's all my brain wanted to do and they're like nope not the same uh yeah, so sorry what were you saying you were saying something before i catch you off nathan oh oh um that i think that the point was really just or beyond getting them there showing that biosyn is bad that biosyn equals bad right biosyn's the one and- genetically engineering locust Right, genetically engineering locusts to kill independent farming. It's and it's kind of um. Chain. Is it supposed to mirror that man is playing God? That man is creating plagues. Yeah, I think it's also like if on our current track we're going for extinction, right? That's kind of like what this whole thing is. Right, we're yeah. uh, a plague. Yeah, we're going toward extinction if we don't figure out how to. It's an underexplored um, metaphor. Decisions. Yeah, mm-hmm. they keep they keep glam- glimpsing at it because like the CIA guy who we see for two seconds lists a bunch of other plagues when they say, "Oh, what's next?" Oh, but that was yep. a joke, right? Yeah, but it's it's you feel like a, as far as again it being a, a movie with a bunch of subplots, like oh, was that like a was that a a theme or a metaphor you were going to explore that then got dropped? Because right. then then uh, Goldblum's character Ian Malcolm says something about that later, like you're heading toward extinction and you just don't care. Yeah. 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 Malcolm just so happens to yeah. be there. They hired him, right? He accepted the role. Yeah, they hired him as their in as their in-house philosopher to keep them honest. The evil right. company hired an in-house philosopher to keep them honest. Right. Um 
I'm assuming as a PR move. Yeah. Yeah. I was say, or at least look like. Well, because Ian Malcolm has been on. against dinosaurs this whole time, even into Fallen Kingdom. So getting him yeah. to work for Biosyn makes sense, like from a PR standpoint. It's like, oh, see, we're not just we're not just doing anything we want. We have an anti-dinosaur guy, right. like who we're listening to. Um, yeah, makes sense. Uh, and then that immediately backfires. Yeah, you know what <laughs> I don't like is that when two characters come in and they go, Matthew Mori, as I live and breathe, and then Matthew Matthew's like Dimitri Pereira bring it here or whatever like the full names is what i'm trying to say the full name thing ellie sattler alan gray it's just kind of cheesy to me it is it's it's the writer not knowing another way to have them say hello to each other right what about a nickname show show a person's relationship by the what they choose to call you right or or money what's up (laughs) or begin the interaction with begin the interaction with something purposeful like it's been a long time alan or like you know it's like you you look the same as i used to uh, before like have them say something to start the conversation immediately yeah you know it's been a long time alan uh uh you you things have changed and then he turns and says you look exactly the same ellie or something like that like then we know he's still got a crush she's uh she's mourning the time they haven't been together like that's you immediately understand that dynamic from those two lines right. without it feeling over the head. Yeah. He's got a, he's got that Polaroid of her and is which is like the boomer equivalent of stocking like the Facebook page, right? <laughs> Pulling out the Polaroid yeah. every now yeah. and then. Uh, they could have written a lot of these scenes a little bit more concise, right? Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of characters that could have been consolidated, scenes that could have just had one or two rewrites to get right on track. The problem is too many, too many rewrites. It, it depends on who's doing the rewrite, uh, yeah. which is kind of an like a, a thought I always have when it comes to writing in this whole thing. What were you going to say, Nathan? Well, I was going to say, as a screenwriter and as somebody who thinks about writing all the time, yeah. I think we think of rewrites as two different types of things. One type of rewrite is, hey, we don't like the direction something is going. Yeah. We're literally you know, hitting it again, or we're hiring a new person to look at it. Versus what I think of as rewrite, which is, okay, we've plotted something out as a storyboard and we're plotting out the scripting for it. Now we're going to read the script together and say, is this working? Let's, you know, Tuesday night, we've written one version of that script and then we're going to read it together on Wednesday. And then Thursday we say, nah, that wasn't good enough. Let's write it again. So right. not rewrites like, here's the finished version of the script. Nope, do it again. It's more like, hey, here's first draft, second draft, third draft. When we hit draft five, that's the script. And then a rewrite would be anything after draft five when, you know, we did five drafts, but it's perfect. And then they say, well, we don't think it's sexy enough. And that's right. a rewrite when they bring in the new person to add humor, sex appeal, right. uh, comedic relief. There, there's so. a couple There's a couple of different like uh, uh, things they, they do, right? They go, uh, okay, we're going to tap this writer. We're going to tap Dimitri to, uh, to write the script. They write the script and they're like, okay, now we just kind of have it. And we're like, hey, Matthew, uh, this is the script we have. I want you to uh, rewrite this script you know, or add on, do the changes. Dimitri is out of the equation now. And then Matt right, like, rewrites the script, revises it, adds whatever they need to. And then later they're like, no, nah, we're going to go in a different direction. Now, uh, instead of taking place in Antarctica, 
We're going to do it in the desert. And uh, the the scenes, you need to reflect that. But like uh, Matthew's out of the equation now. So we're giving it to Nathan, right? So now none of us have talked to each other. We're just all editing like this telephone yeah. of the script, right? Which is so sloppy versus they say- hey, It happens a lot hire- It does. And, it, and which is why sloppy scripts happen a lot. Versus yeah. if they say, okay, we're going to hire Dimitri. Dimitri, pitch us your version of the script. You give us a story treatment. You say, here's my story. And that's my opportunity as the producer to say, I don't like that story direction. Let's test it with a couple people. Okay, so after about three weeks of testing your story, I say, okay, give us the full script. In that time, you've already written a first draft of it because you're, you know, you're getting ahead of things. So we read the first draft pretty quickly and we say, all right, cool. Here's some notes, hit it again. So you do, again, you give me three drafts. At third draft, you're like, I think I've got an idea. You've talked to the director a little bit. Director likes it. Director says, I want it to be funnier. He hires Matthew. He says, you and Matthew are going to work on draft number six to make it funnier. And um, Matthew could be just a script doctor who comes in and basically just gives you notes of like, here are some jokes that would fit in all of these scenes. My dad script doctored once on a movie. Uh, Joss Whedon script doctored on Toy Story. It's not like- It's punching up, right? Yeah, when you punch up the script. Fully doing a redraft, you just like added some moments here and there in the dialogue. Right. Or, and that's just script doctor. Or he could say, hey, he worked with you and said, hey, let's add this character. This other character whose whole story arc is being afraid of dinosaurs, but by the end of the movie, he's in love with dinosaurs. And but that, t- that sometimes really is like a whole new writer that they bring in to do that, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like if he and said things I don't always add- fit. Yeah, but hopefully if like the direct, like uh, a great example of it working is Die Hard. That Die Hard the, had a, a full version of the script that had existed for a while, yeah. a full story. And then the director was like, I need it to be funny. And he brought the, I think it was the writer of, was it 48 Hours? No, he, well, writer he'd worked with on another, one of those action movies. And he said, make it funny. And that's all he said, just don't change anything else. Just add jokes. Yeah. Just add jokes. And they didn't mesh well. Like they meshed well for a little while. And then finally the director was like, uh, he, he was like equivalent of Dimitri. I like what you brought to the script. We're using a lot of your stuff anymore, but you don't have anything more to add. So it's all going to come down to what funny he adds. Mm. Yeah. So uh, be, people online, like they always go, well, I, I, I saw this, this little thing on Reddit recently. It was just saying, why can't they just hire good writers? Why are bad writers writing these movies? It's because everybody thinks that like the writing is somebody writes it and they make it. And they don't understand like, even if you have three great writers involved with it, they're all going to treat the script differently and and, and ends up disjointed, right? Yeah. There, there's a lot of things that screw up writing nowadays. So it's not, I think there's the, the issue of the disjointed with those things or with those uh, very different writers. But I also think it's, the producers asking uh, inconsistent things of those writers or putting them under a crunch. So you might say, hey, for me to do my best work, I need three months of like where I'm going to do in that three months, I'm going to do like three drafts. I'm going to show it to my buddy, the director I'm going to work on it. But the uh, the producers might say, no, your first draft is what we're going to use. And then your first draft just gets handed off to that next writer versus you really getting to do your best work. Yeah. Or they could say, I'll give you three months to do multiple drafts, but I need the first draft due in a week. You, you you drink all the caffeine, take all the drugs that you want to stay awake. You, you stay up, you push out a script in a week and they're like, thank you for the script. You won't be necessary for the next rep. And then they hand that off, right? 
Yeah, any they can do whatever things. they want. Yeah, and as opposed to some script where the the direct versus the ideal relationship is where you and the director or you and the executive producer have had a dynamic together for months of cracking this thing, and you as the writer are integral but you've also been given your time to do notes. And when the producers didn't like something that they wrote or that you wrote, instead of firing you, they said, hey, do it again. Take this note and integrate right. it again. Right. Um, there, there are a couple of movies where you can see that it is a seamless movie from start to finish. The Suicide Squad stands out to me. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies do too. What do they have in common? They have James Gunn. And I believe it's part of James Gunn's contract in which you have to trust me that I will give you a proper end product as opposed to James Gunn writes a script and then Walter Hamada uh, is what was the DC president comes in and says, ah, I don't want this. I want this. And then they have somebody else revise the script. Right. Yeah. Well, another thing you can see about these smart direct or these smart writers that they say, you know, trust me, I'm going to write this whole thing yeah. is that usually they are not private. They, they know that in order to get the best script possible, they're sending it to three of their friends. So right. that's why you always hear James Gunn say, I've read Taika Waititi's script or vice versa. And they say, I know it's good. Why did they read it? Because that's their dynamic. As they said, I sent it to my other writer friend for notes. Right. And they take criticism. I think that's also a sign of a yeah. good writer. Yeah, uh, they take criticism yeah. early too. Yeah. Matt, Matt, do you, do you, in your opinion, do you know of any like seamless kind of, like an example of like a seamless script or a seamless. The Last Jedi, of course. Was that all one consistent one one writer? Yeah, yeah, it was all Ryan Johnston. He wrote and directed it. Oh. It was all, all his thing. They gave him the whole range. A lot, a lot of the, yeah, he's the only person to write and direct a Star Wars movie other than George Lucas. Mm. Um, yeah, his movies like he's, he, his movies feel that way. Yeah. Um, that's just the first one coming to mind. Well, really what else has Ryan Johnson done? <laughs> Looper, Knives Out. Uh, oh, Brick. yeah. Those are all seamless, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell those... you another person whose stuff feels seamless. Have you guys seen Mike Flanagan's work? No. Uh, maybe. <laughs> what, Haunting, what? Of, Haunting of Hill House, Dr. Sleep, Midnight Mass. Was Dr. Sleep it's good? It's a horror. Dr. Sleep's amazing. I think that's the best legacy sequel, period. Oh, okay. No, no contest. I heard people love that movie. I never saw like, the, sh the, uh, is the it Shining. Is it scary? Shining. It's scary. It's not. It's more dramatic than it is scary. I, I think you can watch the movie having never seen The Shining or having not liked The Shining. Okay. But it, oh, okay. for my money, that is pound for pound the best legacy sequel. Interesting. Uh, that's also a term that's been thrown around recently is legacy sequel. Because like Blade Runner 2049 or whatever is a legacy sequel. Terminator 2, not a legacy sequel, right? Yeah, just a sequel. It's just a sequel. Like there's a different, like a legacy yeah. sequel. Yeah. Legacy it's sequel. Not, also, more, than, more than 10 years. Well, it's also, it's it's all about the next generation, right? Like legacy yeah. sequels I, I tend to, to be about. It's not as hard rules as much as it is. It's a legacy sequel because it feels like a legacy sequel because... It's just disconnected from I mean, the, look uh, at Jurassic World. Original Jurassic run. World is a legacy sequel, and a lot of the times, and it doesn't always end up this way, but a legacy sequel is also a franchise reboot. Not a continuity mm -hmm. reboot, well, but a franchise reboot. 
I would call Dominion more of a legacy sequel and Jurassic World a soft reboot. Like Jurassic World's a soft reboot, kind of like I don't like the idea of soft yeah. reboot. Soft reboot sounds like a continuity-based reboot as opposed to a franchise reboot where you're reinvigorating yeah. the franchise. Uh, whatever, whatever soft Jurassic reboot World Superman is, returns, I would say. Yeah, that's true. Jurassic World, I would say whatever Jurassic World is, that's what Force Awakens is. Mm-hmm. So that's a legacy sequel. If it's a legacy sequel, then there you go. I would say then there you go. Because uh well Scream Four. Scream Four is definitely a legacy sequel because okay. that whole idea is yeah, handing it off to the next or no uh no scream four is not and scream five too. Scream five is a super legacy sequel because they actually <laughs> hand it off to they actually hand it off to the generation. Yeah. Spoilers for Scream Four. Yeah. But um, um let's see what um Terminator Salvation. Um was trying was trying well even terminator 3 was like what 15 years after terminator 2 uh i don't consider that i don't i consider that a straight sequel yeah that's that feels like it's just a sequel just a continuation because it's john connor grown up like we've yeah it's not and they're not they're not playing at handing it off to a different terminator like like in in genesis and then even in like dark fate it's yeah, in Dark all of Fate, these, I think it, is more of a legacy sequel. Well, three That's didn't what I meant. Did I say Salvation? I meant Dark Fate. Dark Fate oh. is a legacy sequel. Yeah, because you've got a brand new Terminator and a brand new girl that's trying to be saved. And it's a no brand longer, new good Terminator. Yeah, it's no longer the story of um, John so, Connor. It's now the story of this other family. Yeah. And like that similar thing with Star Wars. It's like we're moving on to Rey or Scream. We're moving on to this other Scream Queen. Right. Or um, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. We're moving on to that, yeah. a, a new family. Yeah. Again, I think a lot of focus of a legacy sequel, and it doesn't always have to be this way, is the next generation. Yeah, it's it's not about the same story as the movies before. It's the same world. It's the same themes. It's a it's someone else's story. Right. Okay, but it's gotcha. getting handed off by the old but not like a guard. spin-off like it is kind of a spin-off but what i mean is like ryan reynolds is a different generation than harrison ford it's kind of time has passed it's moving forward with a new generation of of that's what movie is this blade runner it's just theoretic ryan reynolds ryan gosling oh ryan sorry <laughs> i met i met yeah, i met that's ryan a very gosling. different movie man you're right <laughs> you're right i would watch that i'm now now hoping that ryan reynolds is in Indiana Jones five <laughs> yeah that's oh, what no. i was thinking about. Oh, is there no. something i don't know uh maybe yeah. chris pratt for ryan for for ryan johnson ryan reynolds yeah i i don't think i want chris pratt in that role because i don't think he'll be i don't i'm not I saying funny, i want either but. oh yeah i want funny chris pratt though and i think chris pratt when he's like I'm serious. Save the day, Chris Pratt. I don't believe it. I'm like, you are giving me, you are giving me lifetime movie vibes. Yeah. <laughs> but when he's funny, when he's charismatic, when he's got a smile on his face, I believe it. Yeah, it's kind of like when Shia LaBeouf went from comedy to drama. I want Shia. I Shia LaBeouf was so good comedically. Like he could have <sighs> been the next big. I like him in Fury though. He was good in Fury. Did you see him in that movie? Oh, the tank movie, the World War II movie. Is he's very much a character in Fury. Like that's some character. Yeah, acting, that's not... true. That's definitely yeah. true. He's a great actor. I just I yeah. miss his comedy because his comedy was endearing. Hole, yeah. Holes remains one of the greatest book adaptations ever made. I, I, I need to rewatch it. I, 
I feel like we're getting a little off topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So, so let's, let's talk about kind of the, the end of, of Domi- uh, Dominion um, and how it's kind of all wrapping up. We, we, we have the, uh, the, the Giganotosaurus who do- you're right. Doesn't kill anyone. Um, we have DeWanda Wise who I'm, I, I'm, I'm surprised with like, I liked her a lot. I liked her character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked how she was reluctant. Um, also, she's super hot, and I want to see more of her. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, was I telling Matt every like couple minutes? Is that what I was doing in in the movie? Uh, I, no. I told you a couple no, of times. Come on, I was you're, like, yeah, you're no, not no. a creeper, man. You're all good. No, I wasn't saying creepy. That was just you know, uh, she she was super hot. Um, uh, yeah, but um, I don't know. How'd you guys feel about the end? Matt, you got uh, you got thoughts about the um, I mean, it kind of played out mostly what I kind of would have expected it to play out. Yeah, I, I think it's what he deserves. Most, if not all, in dodged and all. dies in a in a Although, great way. We saw like a Q and A before the movie started, and Colin Trevorrow kind of like. <laughs> spoiled the end of the movie but oh because uh, because he says uh the q a he was like, like everybody leaves right he's like at the end of the movie this is the very last end of the movie everyone's in a helicopter it's like the whole cast like the whole oh, cast everybody so, everybody survives yeah <laughs> so um so i don't know i mean it's kind of expected yeah it's just it's pretty generic ending. right yeah um i i echo that sentiment do you guys like the T-Rex versus Giganotosaurus versus Therizinosaurus battle? <clears throat> it's what fine. What was the point? It, I think that's the, it was just their, it was just Godzilla versus Kong. That's it. And they Or to do what they did with the uh, Indominus Rex in Jurassic World. They just wanted a, a dino fight. I, I don't know if I'm remembering this uh, correctly, but was, did, did somebody get, like one of the dinosaurs have like fire in their mouth? Almost like it was like Godzilla. Oh, oh no! Um, um, Ian Malcolm throws the throws the stick into yes. the Giganotosaurus. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was a different yeah. scene. Yeah, that was that was earlier. Um, oh, the fire locusts were kind of cool. It was just a cool visual thing. I thought it was going to set. How the long do locusts live while they're on fire? <laughs> they were they looked like they had thick exoskeletons. I thought that was yeah. The movie has a lot of really neat visuals. Like if you, I don't have a almost any critiques of the i of the visual yeah. ideas in this movie i'm like okay that was a neat mm-hmm. sequence that was a cool design um quetzalcoatlus gets- taking mm. down the craft oh and claire yeah. and ellie styler walking in the draped in red light that was cool too what what yeah, was that a lot of really cool things when she uh when the power was out and they were going yeah. to reset the power oh yeah which again harken back to the first movie mm-hmm but there were no raptors in that. In that the locust we came and yeah. attacked. Yeah. Oh yeah. The day of the locusts. Huh. Um. It, it, at least in Jurassic World, it's the Indominus Rex just wrecking everything because he's a force of nature and a abomination. And then yes. Claire releases the T Rex to fight him. Blue is smart enough. Blue then fights him. And then he gets too close uh, to the Mosasaurus pen, and the Mosasaurus eats him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in this, 
they're running to the helicopter. The Giganotosaurus comes in. The T-Rex comes in. They have like a rivalry. Is that what we're meant to assume? Yeah. They had said earlier in the movie that whole thing of like uh, Dodson had put two uh, has put two apex predators in the same uh, valley. It won't be long before there's just one. And then we see them fight. Um, I, we see them fight twice leading up to that moment. We see them fight just like over uh, over a single meal um, earlier when like they first arrive at the preservation. And really, I don't remember that. Yeah, we we see a very brief standoff. Like who, which yeah, one of deer. us is? Yeah, which one of us is gonna eat this deer? And then later. They what does the does the T Rex show up for the no the T Rex doesn't show up for the the battle with the I don't know what we want to call it the pod the watchtower the T Rex doesn't show up for the watchtower fight oh yeah no the T Rex doesn't the show up that. yeah but he, they they have a they have a standoff toward the very beginning oh and I remember that a, and then yeah the and so yeah but that was what we're meant to believe is that the, these two are going mono mono over who's going to be the apex predator right. The first one, Giganotosaurus gets the T-Rex by the neck and then lets go and the T-Rex like leaves. Yeah. Yeah. That's after the Therizinosaurus smacks the deer. That's after that spot. Yeah, because it's yeah. that's I think it's a Chris dead deer. Pratt, yeah. It which yeah, also did it, I didn't buy that the T-Rex was about to eat a dead deer. That didn't seem right. Well, that's that's actually well, it wasn't no. another thing that they're like kind of scavengers. Like, there's kind of a question of whether yeah. or not they're like yeah. In real life, they uh, were scavengers. There's a theory that they also scavenged. Okay, didn't know that. Yeah, that's why. Like after Jurassic Park came out, like people were talking about how like T Rex is portrayed as the ultimate predator in the movies, but in real life, he might have just been a scavenger like a vulture would. You know, or it could be both. You know. Probably it was both. Yeah, you know they were also a lot slower than they're portrayed in the movies. Oh, like yeah. The chase in the jeep—they would have never kept up with the jeep in the first oh. one, and that was after that movie came out. Now they're like top speeds, like fifteen miles per hour or something like that. Mm. Um, which is what what most of us can do at the gym if we're in shape. <laughs> is how how much fifteen? Fifteen miles an hour, and at a full sprint, maybe, maybe no, like in really good shape. That's like track. I know, Vincent, Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's. But um, but uh, because uh, ten miles an hour is a six-minute mile. Yeah, I'm being I'm being silly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, but then in the end, the Therizinosaurus. Why would he fight? He, that again, which is why I feel like the the ending is just meant to be a you know. Godzilla versus King Kong vibes. Yeah. Just a versus Mothra. Yeah. It's just yeah. a monster mash. Yeah. I yeah. get why the Therizinosaurus and the T-Rex don't have beef. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's just the... I think maybe we're just meant to vibe that the Giganotosaurus is a jerk. Like, everybody hates the Giganotosaurus. Yeah. And then he just gets impaled on the claws and then... Yeah. Which is kind of cool, but... It, it seemed accidental. It was cool, but anticlimactic. It's like, oh yeah. man, those claws are sharp, but I guess it's over. Right. Hmm. And in the end, they get away, and then the lesson learned is we have to coexist. Right. Well, uh, Colin Trevorrow said it was like 
recent events is what inspired the story of this movie you know coronavirus gun violence learning to live together otherwise we'll i hope it's not let's compromise extension it feels I don't know like that's compromise yeah what'd you say um <laughs> it feels like a little like it's a less let's compromise narrative right you have to learn to listen to each other and do both like right. that's not how things get done yeah i think coexist kind of brings that feeling forward in an environmental but sense it makes I think, sense i think it should be more direct like let's not let's not like do anything that's gonna end end civilization like not necessarily compromise but the word coexist i think has kind of taken on that meaning the last few years so it's sort of like I tolerate it's the tolerating yeah. and tolerance vibes yeah yeah Look, let's there, all just learn to like accept each other's differences there are good people on both sides there's the t-rex that eat people and there's the people that get eaten and don't want to get the eaten. people that want and then there's the people that want to weaponize the t-rex to eat you yeah who's really to there's say there's got to be a middle people? ground there somewhere right can yeah, some people get eaten is being eaten yeah yeah can, can <laughs> we at least have like maybe maybe come to a compromise less people get eaten but we allow the people to weaponize the T-Rex. We're going to eat the people in Colorado because they they have a good fighting chance because they're in the mountains. That we consider that a competitive edge. So Colorado, or more like, Sinus. or more like, let Californians get eaten because they have less electoral college votes per capita. There's not enough water in California anyway. Like everybody's splitting too too little water between too right. many people. We need Florida yeah, though. Know. So let no nobody gets eaten in Florida. We need them. Why do we need to get rid of the dinosaurs, man? Dinosaurs don't kill people. People that use dinosaurs for bad purposes kill people. People right. who so stand in the way of dinosaurs kill, kill themselves. Right. And the only way to stop I a bad dinosaur a is with a good dinosaur. <laughs> good dinosaur. Right. Actually, that's literally the end of this movie. That is the end of this movie. The only way to stop a bad dinosaur is with a good dinosaur. That's how it works. That's or we That's could punish terrible. the people who are playing God and like, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do. I do know exactly where I want the franchise to go next. So you do. I, That's oh, clear as crystal. I, to me. I, I have, I have, uh, we will get to that in just a quick second. I do want to talk about oh, something that Matthew and I had talked about previously. And I want to know your oh, opinion, yeah, Ramsey. Nathan Ramsey, Ramsey gets to that like room where Dodgson is like, look, 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 I'm going to give you a promotion. We'll rebuild this whole thing together, blah, blah, blah. Ramsey's quiet the whole time. And I expected Ramsey to pull out a gun and just murder Dodgson. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought it was going to happen. I felt think a little we like were... he was going to be like, I'm the real villain. <laughs> or like not even a real it. villain per, per point of view, but just in a like, look, you dug your own grave. You're not getting away. That being he said. was meant. I felt like we were meant to feel. I, I got that vibe too at one point. I was like, is he? Because at first I was like, oh, he came in, and this is the moment he reveals to Dodson that he betrayed him. But then, like the longer the scene went on, it was like, is he a bad guy? Are we leading towards that yeah. reveal? And then when we saw his face, just be like, no. I was like, okay, we're fine. But we see him in silhouette from the side for like a good like two cuts back and forth at least to build up that tension of what's about to happen there has to be um, a draft where where something happens 
I think they just didn't know how to shoot that sequence, actually. I think it's that they wanted to make it a tense moment, and they instead of instead of communicating the tension of this guy doesn't realize that he's already been beat by this good man. Because I think that character was always meant to be a good man. Yeah. Uh, but they, they didn't know how to communicate that tension. So instead they accidentally communicate the tension of he's about to be betrayed. And it's like that, that feels very violent. Or so murdered. I, I thought he was right. just, well, he's going to take out the, you know. Yeah. But that and, kind of betrayal, that, that dark betrayal is what it well, felt like way, leading towards. I think they should have. Oh, what? But the way Dyson was talking to him, it sounded like, like they were in in on it together. Like that this was something that they planned to do. And like, yeah, you're just you're my equal. Well, Dodson was I mean, just kind of sucking got. ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dodson's just he's just he's just he's just fluffing him up. Yeah. And you know. But he still spoke to him as if he as if Ramsey was like aware of what they're doing and was like on the same Ramsey was Ramsey would have working toward the yeah Ramsey was aware of enough. I'll say this as a person I've I know everybody likes to call their bosses narcissists these days, but as somebody who definitely had a particularly I won't say anything beyond this because the legals, but a (laughs) a particularly violent and uh, psychotic uh, manipulative boss once upon a time, those bosses think everyone else is on their side like the people they've put into assistant manager positions the people they've like put as the shift lead of whatever and put into these roles they believe that person is an acolyte of theirs and they when they look at somebody else who's smart or strong or clever sure they think, oh you're on you're on you're on my side of course because they don't think of themselves as bad they just know that everyone else is against them except mm-hmm. for the people they've secured so it makes total sense that this lying manipulative also self-deluded guy is going to look at this person who he's put into a position of power does have a high opinion of and think oh of course this guy's going to be on my side so we're going to get away i'm going to put you in this spot i've i've practically had that conversation with a manager like that or with a boss like that Hmm. and Mm -hmm. and been like no you and i are not you and i are not on the same team (laughs) and the and they don't know how to comprehend that it's like but you're smart and I've got the power. How are we not on the same team? Right. Um, it would have been cool to see that scene with Ramsey putting his hand towards his waist the, the whole time. And then Dodgson like is doing this when he realizes he's been, he's been betrayed. He looks at where Ramsey's hand is. Ramsey pulls out his badge and like throws it. You know what I mean? Resignation letter or something kind like of. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, Ramsey's gonna shoot him. No. Here's here's my question, because I do think it has a lot to do with how the thing was shot. Do you guys think that your impression of the scene was affected by how it was lit? Because it's it's the office is in the dark. You have the single light source from yeah. outside. Uh, it's nighttime. Uh Ramsey is in full, like almost completely silhouette except for his face only from the reverse shots yeah we don't see that reverse shot most so that's that's all the template of you know uh hitman come to kill uh mob Mm -hmm. boss that's that's what we're used to seeing how often do you see somebody quit in a darkly lit room with a fire outside that's not a your your mind isn't as a film viewer, you're not set up for that expectation you're set up for this other one right Wahlberg okay in, in the end of departed Spoiler for the next 15 seconds. Wahlberg shoots Damon, right? Right. That's what I was expecting. A comeuppance of sorts. You put the bad guy down and you move yeah. on. Okay. That's what I was expecting. 
And the movie did have a vibe like that at that moment. Like it felt like, okay, this is the time where he gets his right. somehow. Like that's 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 what the just that I don't think the story was leading that way, but very much the energy of that moment felt like that's what you were saying. Yeah. Uh, I wish that happened. But then again, we wouldn't have gotten we wouldn't have gotten the Dilophosaurus scene. And I did like the Dilophosaurus scene. I liked it too. Yeah. I did. I thought it was a good moment. Yeah. Also, Dimetrodons this... aren't that big. But... Is that the one in the caves? Yeah. Yeah. I liked those though. They looked they were fun. They were yeah. they were a fun scare. But they weren't like they um... wouldn't eat you whole. They would like bite you your leg. <laughs> And you'd have to like, you know what I mean? Like they're not a. Oh, that's pretty consistent with the franchise. Like, Velociraptors are based off a different dinosaur. Yeah, completely right. Velociraptors are based Velociraptors off of are little chickens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would have been nice if the Atrociraptors were smaller, because they were pretty much just Velociraptor size. It would have been yeah. nice if the Atrociraptors were smaller and more nimble. You could have a different kind of aesthetic to it, you know. But I think that works. Yeah. Um, where do we where do we see this going? I know Nathan said he had ideas. Uh, well, let me go first. Yeah. I don't. I'm not really looking forward to anything necessarily. I mean, not that I'm opposed to it, but if the franchise ended here, I'd be good with it. Yeah. So I, I I'm kind of the same way. Even as a Jurassic Park fan, I also think that they could just as easily do an HBO Max anything. They could do a series on HBO Max. That's that's where I'm leaning. I because I want us to put to bed a bunch of franchises that we've had for like 60 plus years. Like I'm ready to see the end of I'm ready to see the the licensed official end of like Batman and Superman, see those become like the Robin Hoods and the Sherlock Holmeses, you know, where pretty much anybody mm. can pick them up. And th- but this is a recent enough IP still. Like the book is from the 80s, right? Right. That's a yeah, recent so. enough IP that I feel like we still have a whole lot that we can do there. So what I would love to see is I want to see the show that is the Mandalorian to this, you know, Last Jedi or to this, you know, sequel or, or sequel Star Wars trilogy. I want to see, um, I can't remember the name of the actress, the actress who was the fly in the planes. Uh, Dewanda Wise. Um, I would love to see her leading a 10 episode tops HBO Max show where she is dealing with the underworld of uh, dinosaur trading. Yeah. Hmm. That, that would, would be, be so cool. Yeah. And where like each, maybe, maybe the entire time they're, they're, they're hunting down an egg. Cause that's a great trope. You get find this or, or we're moving an egg from one place to the other, uh, selling an egg. And then in each location that they get stopped in a new dinosaur, a new threat, a new type of person who wants to manipulate the dinosaurs, just a fun 10 episode arc. And only only one or two two dinosaurs per episode that we really have to deal with, right? right. Uh, so this would be kind of like um, maybe not so much the early season, but like how The Walking Dead kind of became like personal dr- drama, and then every now and then, oh shit, zombies! Yeah. Well, I'm thinking much more Monster of the Week, Mandal like Mo- Monster of the Week meets Mandalorian. So, like Mandalorian, he's got he's he's on a task, she's on a job, she's moving things from one place to the other. But there's a through line of her getting this egg to one place or the other, or or 
maybe a family's house was destroyed by dinosaurs, but also something was stolen. So she's helping mm-hmm. somebody get something stolen. What's that CIA division called? They they had a new name. They had a name for it in this that was yeah. specific for uh, dinosaurs, right? It was. It was. It wasn't. It was broad enough that it was able to count anything that was like. A, a, maybe it was genetic it was something like genetic threat or oh dangerous, dangerous species, species division something like that yeah yeah something dangerous species uh yeah what about it like i mean a whole series on that yeah that could be cool oh well what if she's undercover for them what if she's undercover for them looking for somebody who has like stolen some kind of embryo right stolen some kind yeah uh by the way speaking of embryo i don't know why i i i cried at this part bd wong's character having a character arc i liked it but i didn't believe it but i liked it does that make sense yeah yeah no because i think i kind of agree with you yeah, I felt like he was too fully evil for the last two movies for me to believe that he suddenly had his tail between his legs. Like, really, this is this is where he draws the line. And I think the, he was the, tired. The, he was... I, I don't think he wanted this environmental cataclysm, right? Well, and he made the locust. He made the locust. I know. I just he's see, he had caused a lot of death without remorse to suddenly cause death and feel remorse um you'd think that you'd be getting harder but like i liked it i yeah. it's not that i have an issue with it it's more like it's it's a very hard shift but it's a shift i still like because the actor souls sells it so well by the way bd wong's a really good actor i don't know if you've seen him in nora from queens i haven't he plays a macho like not a macho but kind of like a depressed macho dad to aquafina who's like getting back into dating after the death of his like wife, but it's a comedy. Hmm. And so like, like, it, it, so it's like, what if your dad was on Tinder again? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like that. He's really, he's really good in it. I, that actually, that's a great pitch. And I will probably be watching that show now. I hadn't ever had interest in it. Now I'm that, that, what if your dad was on Tinder? I'm like, that's funny. Yeah. I will watch. That. I mean, it's just one of the many plots, but yes. Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't know much about. I only heard the title before. I didn't really know anything. Yeah. else. just Aquafina's show. North Queen. She's so just like, eh, okay. yeah. Uh, a classic story about an underachiever that's reached adulthood, kind of, kind of thing. But like, I, I don't watch show. enough TV, so I get it. It's always very hard to like pitch me on a show because I'm like, that's seven hours of my life, man, or twenty four, <laughs> depending on. Watch it for BD Wong season. and for the grandma, if not for Aquafina. Aquafina's good. But like the grandma in the show is like next level, and BD Wong is amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Look, I know that they're going to continue a Jurassic something or another, right? Yeah. They're they're, they're not going to let it die. They just opened a roller coaster last <laughs> year. Hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah. The they're gonna keep the franchise going yeah that being said universal streams on peacock which sucks because peacock sucks and the streaming service needs to die 
Well, they don't exclusively stream on Peacock. They they they're trying. They're definitely still working on figuring Peacock out. But like, they also have that draft the Camp Cretaceous thing on Netflix. Yeah, so like they they double dip in both directions. Yeah, and yeah. and Jurassic World stuff is on Hulu by way of FX. Mm-hmm. Um. But that being said, uh, according to an article I just read, all new Universal movies will stream on Peacock. Probably had some contracts in place to keep the stuff on. I know, I I know Paramount is going to be doing that a lot. We're trying to get people into Paramount Plus. Yeah, Paramount has some good kind of stuff coming up. Yeah, I I think actually I think Paramount is low key having a really good year right now they know what they're about top gun well top uh, also sonic 2 star trek mm-hmm. sonic 2 star trek scream 5 and the lost city all of those are good transformers oh, yeah, scream 5 is they have plans for more transformers more ninja turtles stuff yeah, also paramount has paramount has nickelodeon keep that in mind yep yeah because they're they're via iCarly. Carly iCarly's on paramount right halo the halo show that halo seems like nobody seems like nobody likes yeah i think that they're gonna i think that they're gonna shockingly like definitely overtake peacock as far as being a competitor which they already mostly have i think anybody i think i think peacock still has more viewership because they have the free tiers um i would get paramount plus for peacock yeah yeah well i get paramount plus for free with t-mobile Ooh. It's the uh, it's uh, the only reason I have it. But that being said, Star Trek on it, and that's right. They have all of the original shows. I'm a huge original series fan. I always like. Are re-watch you watching Strange New Worlds? I haven't rewatched. So I watched um, a little bit of Discovery. I didn't hate it like okay. a lot of OG Star Wars fans. I just didn't like it. I was just. I never really love when Star Trek goes actiony. Watch Strange so New Worlds. You're gonna love it, Nathan. Okay. Like literally, once we okay. get off of here, you gotta watch, watch the watch the first episode of Strange New Worlds. You'll be sold. There's a there's a there's a free trial for Paramount Plus, so I might do that this week. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. Uh, Orville is back on Hulu. I Orville has been my favorite Star Trek thing since, frankly, since like Galaxy Quest is Orville. Uh, is it exclusively me, on Hulu now? Uh, Orville is exclusively on Hulu because it used to be a Fox. No, no, it's it used to be a Fox show. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're out of the country, in which case it is Disney Plus Stars. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Orville is on Disney Plus Stars. Yeah, Disney Plus Star. If you because I actually first ran across the international trailer for it. I didn't uh. see the Hulu trailer, and they advertise it as Disney Plus, and then that little weird Stars logo oh, that they do. Weird. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I mean, um, pretty much everything that's on Hulu here in the U.S. is on Disney Plus Stars. Like the, the Great with uh, with Elle Fanning, that's Disney Plus Stars. Oh yeah. Wait, yeah, Deadpool, but Nathan, you're you're in America. I know. I'm saying I saw the trailer on YouTube for oh, okay. Disney Plus Stars. So okay. for any viewers outside of the country, that's how they would watch Orville. It, it'd be weird if, I, if suddenly I was like, Nathan, aren't you in America? And this whole time you're like, no, I live in Argentina. And it's like, what? How did I not know I'm this? Danish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. I want to know your guys' rankings of the six movies. So where does Jurassic World Dominion take it? I still want to hear the whole thing. Just 
because I don't remember your rankings beginning. And then I want to know out of 10, what you give Jurassic World Dominion. So first your rankings. Mm. We'll, we'll go over rankings first. Uh, for me, for me, it's going to go Jurassic Park, Lost World, again, depending on whether it's best or favorite. Then Jurassic World, then Jurassic World Dominion, then Jurassic Park 3, then Fallen Kingdom. Middle of the road. There's still three other Jurassic Park movies that I like more than that. Okay. Yeah. And out of 10, you rank it? Out of 10, I think I can, I can ethically say 7 out of 10. I don't think I can ethically go more, but I did enjoy it. So seven out of 10. I am kind of let down a little bit because I expected it to be better. I did expect it to be better. Yeah. I expected it to be at least an eight out of 10. But I'm going to give it seven. And that leaves me a little, a tinge of disappointment. Okay. Hmm. Who do you want to go next? Doesn't matter whoever's ready with their ranking. Okay. Um, so Jurassic Park, number one. Uh, Jurassic World, number two. Fallen Kingdom, number three. Number four, I've got The Lost World. Number five, I got Dominion. Number six, I got Jurassic Park 3. But take us for a grain of salt. I haven't seen Jurassic Park 3 since opening day in the movie theaters. <laughs> so it's been a long time since I've seen it. You're that. telling me that Jurassic Park 3, if you watched it again and you liked it, you could, it, Jurassic World Dominion would be the worst? Honestly, look, the only movie I've seen more than once in these, well, two, I've only seen Jurassic Park and Lost World more than once. All the other ones I've only seen one time. Mm. And, you know, I just don't really remember them too well. I just remember not liking Jurassic Park 3. So that's kind of why it's like in my yeah, in the bottom of my list. And uh, this one, I mean, like I liked the other ones. <clears throat> this one, I'm kind of whatever. I uh, out of ten, I would give it a five out of ten, maybe six. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't hate it. No, and it's I didn't kind feel of like it was lesson. a waste of time. It's kind of a lesson on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. You know, I mean, kind of say, remember, it's not really a quality it's a yes or no binary thing um and i really feel that with this movie because it's like 36 percent. but yeah. i think that just i mean that's just not that i think it does mean that the majority of people just say it's not that great and there are certainly worse movies that i like way less that have higher scores so it's fine i would be on i'm on the fence about it i don't would, know if i don't like it or like it uh for the sense of rotten tomatoes would you give it a fresh or rotten I don't know. I'm like on the fence. I would have uh, to stick with it. I mean, I'm probably leaning toward. That's leaning what's toward weird about the fresh. Yeah. Because that's, there were a lot of moments that I did like that I yeah. did think were entertaining and fun. But I, I think I need to ask goes, that, by the way. I need to ask not only you're out of 10, but just on a simple binary, fresh or rotten. Because I feel yeah. like that matters now, <clears throat> especially with rotten I tomatoes. Think, Hmm. That influences things. I, because I think I would give it a rotten, but not because I think it's the worst thing ever, but because 
when I balance like what was there, it's like, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it, but I am so distracted by these little things. I feel like, or not yeah. little things, by these big things, I feel like it could have done better. Where it's like, any like you, you give a movie two hundred million dollars, it should be insulting when there isn't entertainment value there. So right. I mean, yeah, the I fact that there there's entertainment value, it's like, okay, yeah, sure, you've made six of these movies, you should know how to do that action. Right. But also, we're going on a hundred. 30 years of movies in general you should know how to write dialogue and you should you know you should know how to cast and direct these actors things that are believable for the actors like i don't think the actors did a bad job i thought that the actors were playing moments that didn't feel authentic or real based on what the script was giving them right and and it's like that's that's a really hard thing to forgive when you think about that movies good movies have been made for over a hundred years it's like that Mm -hmm. that We've only gotten six dinosaur movies like this. It's impressive and cool that you're making dinosaur movies, but get the dialogue right along the way. Like, so yeah. I, I think I, I give it a six. I give it a six out of 10, but that six is only there because of how much I liked all the dinosaur stuff. If I took this movie just on the character moments, uh-huh. I'd give it a four out of 10. Um it's like I really loved uh, the Ramsey character. I loved some bits and pieces here. I loved uh, uh, Wu getting a, um, or I loved, uh, what's the name of the doctor? No, the, the doctor, like his actual, I, I'm not suddenly blanking oh, on his. Uh, we, the character? Yeah, the character. The, the character is Dr. Wu. The actor is B.B. Wong. I know. I got confused. Wrong. I was like, is his name Dr. Wu? Okay. Yeah, I really loved seeing that character because I, I, I've been enjoying him in Camp Cretaceous. I liked oh. seeing him have this full arc so those things those are the only highlights for me on a character story level and like i love the theme park elements of this but as a movie it, it gives me very little um i would rank this jurassic park jurassic world i'm gonna give lost world the edge because even though i think there's a lot of mess in that movie the writing makes sense every actor is cast correctly um, the pacing is off in that movie, but I'm, it makes sense when they're trying to go from point A to point B, why they're going and when and where. Then I would put this because the, uh, the again, the dinosaur stuff, I think the dinosaur bits in this is probably, this is probably the third best of all of the dinosaur things. Like I put it immediately under Lost World just for the dinosaur stuff or immediately mm-hmm. under Jurassic World just for dinosaur stuff. Um, and then after that, I would go Jurassic Park 3 because Again, the story makes sense, and that's that's a positive. And then I put Fallen Kingdom last. Your list is very similar to my list, then, right? Yeah, I think. Well, hold on. So, Jurassic Park, Lost World, or or, or Jurassic World, then Lost yes. World at number three. That's my then, Okay, and then that's Dominion, Jurassic Park three, and then Fallen Kingdom last. Yeah. Okay, so that's my switch. My we switch. switch our is... two, we switch our two and our, our two and our three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Okay. All right. Um, This will be a movie I will see again. Hopefully it's still in theaters when my dad comes back in a couple months, but it might not be. So I might just have to either go to like a $5 theater to, to, to see it with him. But my dad's out of town for a couple months. So uh, normally I see all my Jurassic Park stuff with him. And like, I think that, there are demographics that are just going to love this no matter what. And my dad, I think, will love this movie no matter what. Yeah. Because my dad doesn't think, like, analytically like we do. Like, a lot of adults don't. Even people our age, 
middle-aged people, older people, younger people even. There's a sect of the population that just you're watching it to watch it, right? Yeah, I would say most, not even just a lot. Yeah, because that's where Rotten Tomatoes kind of plays a part. There, a normal person goes into a movie not trying to rank it out of 10. They're like, did I enjoy it? Did I not enjoy it? That's the fresh and the rotten, right? They they were, I feel like Rotten Tomatoes served a really relevant place in the mid-2010s with the, with the emergence of the most recent wave of indie films and with a lot of fran- or studio burnout that was experienced, that we were experiencing in the early 2010s. And so Rotten Tomatoes showed up as this, hey, this franchise movie, it's good. Hey, this indie film, you should give your time to. But honestly, in general, movies are doing pretty well right now. And we've we've had a lot of really good franchises. And, you know, we've we've reinvigorated the fan bases for a lot of things. So now telling the audience whether or not something is worth seeing isn't necessary anymore. Because that's really what it was, it was about. It was like, hey, this is a fresh experience. You're going to feel like it's something new and something worth going to. Or rotten experience, most people are saying, you're not, it's not really worth your money. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's, I, I think that the relationship with movie that the audience has with movies right now, um, the audience, I'm not going to say they don't need critics, but they don't need to look at for that. They don't need that stamp of approval to tell them to go. Yeah. Yeah. But for a little while, there was a huge deal. I think, I think the last movie, the last movies I can think of that like John Wick was one that uh, Rotten Tomatoes played a real part in, like, hey, please go see this movie. You wouldn't see it otherwise, but Rotten <clears throat> Tomatoes is telling you to. Um, uh, that one got a real big push from that. And then then after that, though, more and more people started going to the, started uh, trying things at the theater, and social media started um, causing bu- more and more buzz for yeah. movies. So you just, you don't need Rotten Tomatoes scores to recommend a movie that would fail otherwise uh i think tiktok i, I think tiktok I, is is changing the landscape of reviews i think the opposite of rotten tomatoes does still have an effect like if a movie is terrible and it's like got like 20 percent, 15 percent, whatever i think that would really kill a movie i mean morbius uh, yeah morbius was the first one that came to mind but you know to be fair though a lot of people also more thinking that before the score was revealed but yeah I, I think the real the rotten score could really hurt a movie's success more than a fresh score can help mm. that's i think that's a good point but i think that i think when a movie like like let's take morbius as an example gets its rotten score i think that that doesn't happen in isolation like it's not like i, I would say like six years ago movie gets a rotten score on rotten tomato everybody had checked google saw the rotten tomato score and was like ah, i'm not gonna check it out while now as Dimitri was saying, um, you might see that Rotten Tomato score, but you're also going to see five TikTok posts from people you trust absolutely lambasting mm-hmm. something. And so, if, again, that, that Rotten Tomato score isn't going to help, and it's definitely going to hurt, but it's not happening in isolation. You never, If you never saw that Rotten Tomato score, you would still see the five TikTok people that you trust go back to back to back saying, this movie was yeah. trash. Uh, because before TikTok, no other platform is really doing the movie reviews in that same way. Instagram, yeah, Facebook, like, like you're not getting the same. YouTube. But... Oh, YouTube. Well, yeah. YouTube, it, YouTube, YouTube, it wasn't five. You wouldn't see five reviewers in a row. Like I was huge on, like I huge in following people on YouTube over the last 10 years. But I would have at that time, maybe Jeremy Johns, Chris Stuckman, 
and then I follow the Screen Junkies people. But that's still mm. only three perspectives, and that's a that's it's, not, it's a big yeah, investment yeah. from a from a viewer point of view because you're watching a 15 minute review or whatever. And then also yeah. a normal person can't clear the bar for YouTube. It's it's a high jump, right? Like, but normal people do TikTok, and it's just like mm -hmm. I don't have I don't have the tech for it, but I got a phone. Yeah, These are my thoughts. It's yeah. a lot easier to be seen by a lot of people, but over TikTok, TikTok and YouTube. Well, TikTok the has changed the game. The algorithmic investment in YouTube is crazy because it's not just that you need, you don't just need the mm -hmm. editing, you don't just need the mm -hmm. lighting and the production value. You also need the time investment of I'm going to upload for three months with zero views before YouTube starts giving your views to people. Like, um, I think there, there, there are several thresholds, amount of videos uploaded, amount of views gotten, and amount of followers before you actually start being fed by the algorithm. And that that's a that's a really scary big investment. Yeah. Shout out um, to uh, to YouTube for the key, you know, so uh, uh, if uh, yeah. YouTube can hear us, you know. YouTube, thank you for the success that people okay. experience who, who do believe in your app. Yeah. You are a difficult nut to crack, but we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on this and talking Jurassic World Dominion. I thought, like, I think we, we really dissected it, you know? Um, mm. Because sometimes when these, when these movies come out, I always wonder, like, are we going to be able to dissect this for two hours? And, of course, we, we, all, we all are used to it, and we can do that. I think we could, we could talk about the letter Q for, for two hours if we really wanted to, you know? Q and on. You see that thing that comes out from the side? It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's an offshoot, yeah. you know? So, is, yeah. that a, is that a spinoff? That's what I was going to say. Is that, you know? Um, but like at the same time, like, um, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm thankful to have you guys on here and be able to talk with you guys cool. uh, about Thanks this for movie having me. and, and, and everything. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, before we get going, um, I want to know, uh, where people can find you like, uh, Matthew, where can people find you online? What do you got coming up? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Matthew A. Mori. Um, I haven't plugged my band in a while because we don't really play much, but yeah. if you're interested in listening to my stuff, um, you can search our most recent record, Overwhelming Odds, on like anywhere you stream music. Um, I'm going to also be on the Obi-Wan Kenobi after show, which has got a couple more episodes left with yeah. you, Dimitri. So yeah. you'll see me there. And Two episodes yeah, that's, left. That's about it. Weird. Jeez. Well, I mean, we had three episodes in the span of five days. So. Yeah. It goes by quick when that happens. Yeah, um, um, we'll, we'll we'll see how that uh, turns out. But yes, Matthew is my co-host for the Obi Wan After Show, um, um, and uh, it's always great um, having you on, even like as a guest on this one, as a co-host on that one. Yeah, it's nice. Know? I'm heading off to go see Star Wars on the big screen. Oh minutes, yeah, you are. So. Yeah, uh, nice. enjoy that. Uh, Nathan. Where can people find you? What's your social media? Uh, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at the Favoring Wind or Twitter, just Favoring Wind. Uh, and if you want to keep up on my writings or if you want to read anything I have to say, you can go to thefavoringwind.com. Awesome. What kind of things do you write? Uh, I'm... I have been writing a ton of poetry. I have a poetry book that's Ill that I personally illustrated. Um, but right now I'm trying to get myself much more into short fictions um, or even creative nonfiction. So right now on my website, if you go there, there is um, 
uh, you'll find a creative nonfiction about hauntings my family has experienced. Yeah. Um, I'll have more short stories uploaded soon, uh, stuff like that. Um, but a, a range of stuff. I like spooky. I like Americana. So if you do too, that's, that's what you'll find. All right. I, uh, pop culture. I re I, I caught my new muse, the first muse that I've had in a couple of years, because I haven't written much in the last couple of years. Uh, I caught my muse uh, recently, but I haven't been able to work on it for a short film um, idea uh, uh, that I will hopefully, I, I just need like eight hours straight. I can go to like a Starbucks. I need to just, I, I think I can write it down, crank out a short film first draft in about eight hours. Um, I, I just need it. eight straight hours, but I caught it and I'm, I'm excited for it, but I need to, I need to ride that muse. Um, That's the muse is the hardest part. I, 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 the muse and the momentum. I'm currently trying to find the muse for, or trying the momentum for some fiction stuff. And then I'll be writing the screenplay for something for my wife and I to shoot sometime this summer or fall. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, momentum is big. That's why I'm saying like, I need eight hours because could I write yeah. eight, one hour chunks? Yes, but it's good. It's disjointed. It's not, you don't like, it's that wave. You got to like ride that wave. Speaking of which, the Mosasaurus yeah. didn't eat anyone. Speaking of waves, um, the Mo Mosasaurus just eats like a thing of fish. But the Mosasaurus that I knew would have eaten that boat in half and gobbled up the remains. But all right. Anyway, um, you can find the Keeg on any social media app, pretty much at the Keeg Show. Twitter, TikTok, uh, those are our two big ones. But we're also on, on or not Twitter and TikTok, Instagram and TikTok, those are our two big ones. We're also on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Um, if you're watching the live stream, you are watching us at volume.com slash The Keeg Show. Volume is our number one streaming platform. Streaming platform, uh, we're also on twitch.tv slash The Keeg Show and youtube.com slash The Keeg Show. So it's whether it's slash The Keeg Show or at The Keeg Show, you can find us anywhere at the Keeg show uh, and you can also listen to our podcast this show with the Keeg talks or any of our other uh uh podcasts whether it's our after shows or comic talk you can find us wherever you get your podcast from apple podcast google play soundcloud spotify and iheart radio um we are all over the place um and uh stay tuned for some some cool upcoming stuff um uh from the Keeg. Um, but if you want to know our schedules, Instagram and TikTok, easiest place to, to keep up with the key uh, when we're not doing our podcast. Uh, other than that, thank you again, Matthew. Thank you again, Nathan, for coming on the show and talking Jurassic World Dominion uh, uh, with me. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will let you guys get going, but uh, thank you to the audience out there for watching and or listening. Once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been the Keeg Talks Jurassic World Dominion. Take care, everybody.